Bring the checks over here cause the cash is Try to put me in a box but I'm cash See and that's who just slides right in See Nice and smooth nice and- <laughs> Actually pause but what's up you guys Back in our day Back in our day Nice and smooth was funky Also yes, hip hop All they want to do is you So just if you say so, um, you should look. You should look. You should look them up, and I'll tell you why you should look them up. Because you're 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 a girl of the people, and so you probably were watching like the Grammys and saw what a huge uh, hit uh, this. There's this country song. Uh, now it's a country song, but let me go back. The country song, um, "Fast Car," originally done by Tracy Chapman. You yep. got a fast car, okay? Yep. So nice and smooth. Uh, took one of her songs. Uh, or took that song and did sometimes or I'm slow, sometimes or I'm quick. And then anyways, a little musical history for you. You should go look it up. It's, it's, a, it's a good, it's a good tune. It's a good tune. Okay. Okay. Which, which by the way, H, they had to give 100% of the royalties to Tracy Chapman. Yeah. Yeah. Using that. Oh, did they do it? Did they, did they try to One, not pay her? 100% of the royalties had to go to her. That's that song. You know, it's been 30 years. And every time I hear that song, the certain lyrics, you know, when she talks about like, you know, mama went up and left him, uh, wanted more than life than he could give. Someone had to take care of him. I quit school. That's what I did. When it goes through that, man, I get to eat to this. Just saying it right now. I get choked up. I get choked up, man. That's how you know it's a good song. 30 years later, and you're still like, it gets you emotional. It's a good they song. don't make them like that anymore. That's for sure. Yep. <laughs> H Boogie, what up? Tony Tone, what? leave him alone. We're back. We're back. Hey. And you know what, guys? It's, uh, it's been Only a long thing, time. I got beef with him. So, you know. Okay. All right, well, we'll get into the beef. Um, Ox, what's good? FIFA, Duke, good to see you guys. Yeah, I mean, we're coming off All-Star Weekend. We're going to dig into that. There's a lot to cover. Um, but you know what's crazy is we, we've we had a little bit of a break without basketball. And just in that matter of time, see, here's my problem. And I actually was going to make a video on this. But I one of my biggest pet peeves with NBA media and just media in general is the fact that they'll take any quote And then like Clutch or Legion Hoops or any of these, you know, Twitter places, they're going to post a quote and they always take it out of context. They'll even be like, oh, somebody says like, uh, you know, like I ate pizza. They'll put like eight in quotations, trying trying to make it like, you know, some interesting point. And I just think that some of the quotes that have come out from All-Star Weekend, we'll get into Doc Rivers, we'll get into you know, all these things, but man, we just, we need to stay positive and like, we need to, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I think we're just so eager to rip people's words apart. So hopefully we can stay on track today. Cause that's mm-hmm. been, I don't know. I think it's kind of tainting the quality of a lot of NBA media. And I think here on our show, we're pretty good about it, but just something I, I, I thought say. you were going to say where they take a quote and then post it up like it's their own, but it's like from someone else's show. <laughs> You know how many times I've seen stuff oh, from yeah. our show, our guests, yeah. and like ESPN posts this, and I'm like, dude, yeah. Shaq said that on our show, not on your show. Give credit where credit is due. Yeah, well, we'll never get that. Well, one day we will, but we're not there yet, I guess. But yeah, it's been it's been interesting. But Jay, thoughts on All Star Weekend? Did you? I, I'm trying. Like I said, I want to keep it positive because everybody's been so negative about All Star Weekend. But I feel like All Star Weekend is one thing we can't be negative about. <laughs> like, I think okay, it's one first, thing. first of all, first of all. Sucked. <laughs> okay, here we go. <laughs> All Star Weekend didn't suck. The game sucked. Yeah. The other stuff no. was actually good. No, the dunk <laughs> okay. sucked. I didn't watch the dunk contest, so I can't. That's say how bad it was. 
I, I, they had I, I Mac no, McClung just to I have, I have watched the dunk you got to bring in a G Leaguer in back-to-back years to save your dunk off. And the best dunk is uh, from the other guys is Jalen Brown jumping over a dude sitting in a chair with a uh, and then hey, sneezing at the end. Kai. That's, um, Kai. That's Kai. Let's name Kai Fluent. I, don't crap. I had no idea who it was. I couldn't even pronounce his name at first. Um, I was like, who the hell is it? I saw a bunch of letters on the screen. I couldn't read it. Um, but, yeah, that that's sad. That's a sad, sad dunk off. And that happens. I get it. But, I mean, like. You know the whole. I don't. Do we? Are we jumping into this already? Are we? I don't know if we're jumping into this already. But the whole, the whole dunk off is dead. No, no. Every dunk's been done. Maybe, probably not. But like, you can still do them again, and they're still like. If someone were to do one of Vince Carter's dunks from two thousand, not that they could. That's the problem. But. if they did, it would still be a great dunk. It would still be exciting. You don't necessarily have to do something new, but I watch these dunkers from around the world who that's yeah. all they do. You're There's that's what you're here. things. Oh, Carter did it better. Why are you even trying to replicate it? And then it's all the negative from that way. Like you can't, everything's been done, but even if you tried to give them their respect, like it's been done. That's I would rather see them try to do that. Way. Everybody just jumped over someone. Like poor Shaq. I don't know if he I don't know if he gave like his consent. They they were pulling him out of the stands. Um, like every other dunker. Let me dunk, let me let me jump like seriously, like you've all like that's the only tall person at an NBA all-star game that you could jump over. Like well, well, wait a minute, so how, how how dumb is it to say that every other dunk has already been done? Well, no, I'm so saying even if it had, even if it had even, even if that's true. Yeah. So I can't shoot jump shots no more because everybody else has already shot jump shots. Shot. I can't, I can't bounce, I can't handle the ball no more because you know Kyrie Irving or Kenny Anderson's already handled the ball. So I can't do that anymore because everybody else has already done it. I don't watch the dunk contest. Stop shooting three. Stop shooting three. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I can't shoot threes anymore because Steph Curry didn't shot threes. Steve Nash already shot threes. So I can't shoot threes anymore. With that being said, I don't watch the dunk contest because I'm just not interested in it like I used to be. It's not there that you it's go. Tough. I just don't care about it like I used to. Are you not interested because a dunk isn't as exciting for you as it was 20 years ago? Or is it just that you're seeing it isn't as good? No, it's not what I'm seeing because I saw the highlights. And Mac McClung actually taking the ball out of – was it Shaq? I think it was. Taking the ball out of his hands, letting it go to catch it. That was pretty impressive. That was impressive. That was was it, though. So I'm not saying – I'm not saying that the dunks are whack. I'm just not as in, I'm just not as into the dunk contest as, as I used to be. Not to mention, you know, the stars don't get in it like they used to. Jalen Brown, when's the last time an all-star been in a dunk contest, Tony? If you think about the dunk contest for years, when's the last time an all-star has actually been in a dunk contest? Like when Paul George was in it, he wasn't an all-star. When John Wall was in it, Howard? That's 2009, Tony. Damn. I was 2009. Really? No, there's yeah. got to be one. Well, the chat will tell us if there was another one. But that is that is part of the problem. Um, and and let me let me start off by saying, you know, hit record on your machines or whatever on your on your phones. Hit screen grab because you're about to hear something that I rarely do. Stephen A. Smith, it's not LeBron's fault. It's not LeBron's fault. He doesn't want to do it. Shame on him. But it's not his fault. Okay, he's the king but you don't have to follow him. So if LeBron says, I'm not in it, then I expect some others to do it. And there's an interesting stat because, you know, I'm in all these like chat groups and stuff. I try to, you know, hear, get information from people. And someone said, 
well, do you know, only eight players in the top 75 competed in the dunk off. Now, I didn't do I didn't actually go and count, and I bet you there's more, but I said, okay, let's say there's eight. Mm-hmm. Let's say there's eight. Well, I went, the one thing I do know is the dunk contest didn't start till 1984. Yeah. So let me take out all the players who are in the top 75 pre-1984. That left me with 44. So then I said, okay, so eight, assuming that number is correct, even though I know it's not, eight divided by 44, that's about 18.18% approximately. You know, I'm good with math. It's exactly that. Um, so I said, hey, I rounded up. Let me say 20. So what I'm what that's telling me is two out of the top 10 players every year should be at least in, at least two. So if there's four people in the dunk off and two of them are all-star, superstars, whatever, I'm guaranteeing you people are interested again. Like who who are top 10 right now that could be in 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 the dunk off? Okay, Ja might Ja might not be top 10, but Ja is a big enough draw and a big enough star, okay. right? Maybe it's two out of the top 20. Ja's a big enough star that you'd watch him. What if Giannis got in the dunk? I don't think Giannis has the Giannis, creativity. Zion. I don't think Giannis has the cre- creativity to do it. Um, but uh, if there's Zion and Ja were in it with Matt McClung, like maybe that's what you do is you take, but see, the, here's the problem. I know you're going to say this. They're scared to lose. They're scared to be embarrassed, which yeah. that maybe that is LeBron's fault that they don't compete yeah. in yeah. these types of things, right? Because that was the good thing about those guys. If you go back to Bird and Jordan and Dominique, those guys weren't afraid to lose. They were more they were they were more trying to win than they were afraid to lose. And I think today, because right. of social media and blah blah blah, they're they're more afraid to lose than to, to than they want to win. But right. I'm telling you, if it was Jaw, if I had if I told you this year's dunk off, and you said you don't watch it, Jaw Zion. Matt McClung, who's to to defend his title, and the greatest dunker who's not in the NBA in the world, whatever his name is, Superfly, Jump High, he does a 720. He's bringing that to the NBA dunk off. Would you watch that one? Yeah, of course. I think I think most people. Would. You, you wouldn't watch that one. It's not the slam dunk contest, Tony. It's the NBA slam dunk contest. Okay, all right. Take out the take but, out that. But 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 if you got a dude doing seven twenties. Like if you got a dude doing seven twenties, I mean, wait a minute, that would be pretty impressive to see a dude doing seven. So, so essentially, what I'm doing, Tony, is I'm getting a dude from and one to get into the dunk contest. Yeah, well, yeah. If hey, if the NBA guys don't want to do it, because again, right. the idea is you don't want to do it. Okay, we're gonna like right now. Like, look who's winning it, Matt McClung. Yeah. And then he goes right back. He comes in for five minutes and then yep. he comes and he does the dunk contest yep. and he's actually Just, on somebody's roster like like what two days before before yeah, they the up to a 10 day. right they sign him to a 10 day and then yeah right after that we're done and then he goes back to the uh the osceola uh magic Where, something like that. Go, yeah whoever's, whoever he's yeah, playing osceola magic. that's the jersey he was wearing but right. like Guys, imagine if Mac McClung, if um, if McClung wasn't in this year's dunk off, Jalen Brown would be uh, the winner. Like honestly, Jalen Brown, like his best two dunks was jumping over a dude sitting in a chair and sneezing, and then throwing on a Michael Jackson glove and dunking with his left hand, even though we know he can't dribble with it. Like that's not you know impressive. What? No, it's not. But I do want to say for on Jalen Brown's part, part, shout out to him because he, I mean, he went to Twitter and yeah. said like, I did this, even though I maybe I wouldn't win, but people are afraid to do this, and I, yeah. I think we should recognize him for doing that and like mm. saying yes, even though you know maybe okay. it wasn't you're, the most, right. most flattering look. Good. I guess there's no incentive to do it 
no. anymore like it used to be. But what was we, the incentive before? Well, that's the thing, Melton. The incentive before was one competitiveness and two Marketing. being one of the best dunkers in the game. That was that's part of there. it. That's still there. That was part of it. That's why, you know, I if we're gonna say that if, if this is why it gets tricky with me, Tone, because if we're gonna say that James ruined the dunk contest, even though I do believe that at least once in his career he should have gotten in it. I do believe that. At least once he should have gotten in it. But if we're going to say that James ruined the dunk contest, then we got to keep that same energy with these all-stars. And you know why we got to keep the same energy with these all-stars? Because if you think about all of them, ask all of them, who is your GOAT? I'm willing to bet 80% of them will tell you who, Tone. Kobe. And if that's your guy, if Brian is your guy, why are you playing like this, knowing the competitor that he is? That he, how he he's rolling in his grave when he knowing sees, he, when he's looking down on us right now, and he sees two eleven to one eighty six, and zero, my, not even zero defense, negative defensive effort. He is rolling over in his grave, knowing, knowing for a fact that this is your guy. This is how he competed. And this is what you want it to be like. When you saw the All-Star game, when you were a kid, you saw him in it. And you said, that's what I want to do. So now you're here doing it, but you're not doing it like you saw it. You're now laughing and it's not really competitive and you don't really care as much because it's, quote unquote, the All-Star break, which I get that logic tone. It's the All-Star break. Okay. With no. That said, no, 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 no. Sorry. I got to call time out. It's not. It's the all star break for those who aren't all stars. Right. That's the problem. Is they think it's a break and it's not. It's for those that didn't make it. For those that made it, this is your opportunity to go. What was so great about you? We talk about the past, right? And everyone's like, "You old heads, you old heads." You know what was so great about the past, though? When those guys got together, they got competitive. They wanted to beat each other. Right. These guys don't. These guys don't. And why is that, though, Tone? I, I think a lot of the times what we do is we're pointing fingers and, yo, we got a flood in the house. We got we the, the house is on fire. Or we got to get to the bottom of why the house is on fire. We got to get to the bottom of why there's a flood in here. Why aren't these guys competing in the All-Star game? Why won't they compete in the All-Star game? What's the problem? They're scared to get embarrassed. They're scared to get embarrassed when they're playing and when they're playing regular season playoff games, they yeah. do it too to a lesser extent. You'll see them. You'll see them to a lesser extent, but it's hey, I need to win this game. We need to go to the playoffs. This is how I'm going to get paid, right? The dollar is rules the world, right? In the All-Star game, well, there's no incentive for me. Why am I going to go now I know all five guys on the other side are the best in the world. I'm not jumping with them. I'm not going to try and D them up and let them nutmeg me or do whatever, you know, foolishness they, they're going to try to do right. on me. And then I become, you know, some Twitter meme. Nope, not going to do it. And right, that's here's the, thing, though. here's the thing, though, Tone. You just mentioned it, there is no incentive for me. So, Tone, you got a standard contract. You got, you got a four-year deal for $75 million. In that four-year deal for $75 million, there's an incentive in your contract. If you make the All-Star game, that's another $250,000 for you. If you make the All-Pro team, if you make the if if you make the all pro team, that's another five hundred thousand dollars for you. That's another million dollars for you. If we go to the NBA championship, your contracts your contracts are incentive laced, one hundred percent they are. So I'm not listening to the logic of we need to make it more incentive based. You make plenty of dough 
Plenty. I'm, that's not my argument, but you make, but you, make, right. you make plenty of dough. There not there doesn't have, there doesn't have to be any more incentive for you to compete in the All Star game. The reason why Kobe Bryant got in the dunk contest because he saw Jordan. The reason why Jordan got in the dunk contest because he saw Doc. The reason why and 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 this thing spiraled. These guys did it. So now that's not to say that you got to win it. I agree when I see guys like Damian Lillard getting in the three point contest because I can't be called the best shooter ever. I I can't be in that conversation if I never got in the three point contest. I can't do that. There's a reason why those guys are in it because they are now considered that. There's a reason why yeah. Steph is in it. There's a reason why Klay Thompson is in it. I understand James. Yo, you don't want to get in the dunk contest? I still think that you should have gotten into it one time. Maybe and then that would have been it. Yeah, 15 oh, years absolutely, ago. Absolutely not now. No, not now. So I was so hyped in 2009 when James said in 2009 he was getting in the dunk contest. I went to Dallas. I was, man, I got snowed out. I got, got, I, got, I, got snowed out my, I got snowed out on my way to Dallas because I was going to the dunk contest 100% because he said he was getting in it. He said he was mm -hmm. getting in the dunk contest, so I was going. With that being said... You should take him out of your boat then. You should just for that. Tra tradition matters. If if you saw somebody... There's a reason why you got... There's a reason why you guys got into this game. You didn't just get into it for the bread. You didn't. You got yeah. into it because you saw... This guy in front of you, you saw this guy inspire you. In the process of you seeing that, you wanted to do that. Don't cheat the game by playing the way that you play. What I'm saying now doesn't really matter because Bird, Doc, and Andre Iguodala went in the locker room before the game to tell these guys how important the All-Star game was. Meanwhile, they put up 168 threes and scored 211 points. So it doesn't really matter. I think that in my lifetime, I'm not going to see a. I'm not sure if I'm going to see a competitive all-star game again off the strength that these guys don't want to compete like they used to. Yeah. And there's no, you, you won't, you won't see a competitive one. And the sad part is because you hear them already saying, well, you know uh, what Joe actually, I think he said, unless you put up a million dollars, I'm not going in the dunk contest. Even like you get paid plenty. You get paid plenty. That, in your that's, and don't play anyways. <laughs> that stuff hurts the brand. And, 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 a lot of guys will say, well, I don't care about the, the brand. I care about myself. Yeah, but uh, if you don't care enough about the brand, then the brand starts to deteriorate. Then people stop to watch. And when people stop watching, you know, then you stop making that kind of money. So the fact yeah. that you're asking for money to be in a dunk contest, I think, is, is disrespectful to the game. I think not trying in the All-Star game is disrespectful to the game that you love, that feeds you and your family and your family's family and your family's family's family when you look at how much they're making now. So I think that's it's just disrespectful to basketball. Imagine the three-point shooters. Imagine if Steph said, ain't no way I'm hitting 21 uh, threes in a three-point contest, which is still the record, by the way, held by Craig Hodges. Curry did tie it. Um, but imagine he said, oh, I can never get that, so I'm just not going to do it. Oh, he hit 19 in a row? That Craig Hodges, 19 in a row. No one has broken that record, by the way. Um, I can't do that, so forget it. I'm just not going to do it because I can't do it the way he did it. So I can't dunk like Kobe or Jordan or Vince. I'll, I'll say Vince. I think Vince was the better dunk-off dunk contest dunker anyways so i'll use vince oh, we can't do what vince did so we're just not going to do it at all right. that's sad that's sad i just think uh jay you you mentioned tradition and as much as it kind of sucks to say this i think tradition is di a dying thing like in yeah. general so we can live in the past and i think a lot of us do like watching you know we always see 
old dunk contests or like Aaron Gordon on Twitter circulating at the same time, because we know that we can't replicate what used to be. Those days are gone, unfortunately. But I do want to ask, do you think the root problem, because I don't think it's necessarily in the players. I always want to look up to the higher ups, right? And even where voting begins and how the voting is done, how has that changed in comparison to what it used to be? Because now we're seeing, I think we're seeing people that maybe fans would rather see not being voted in because there's votes coming from so many different players like uh, uh d- different facets for example like the media has a vote yet the media is always in somebody else's pockets right so mm-hmm. they're going to vote in whoever fits the agenda and so right. i guess my question is somebody asked in the chat as well i thought it was a good a good question um he said everything is too friendly for my liking and this always goes back to adam silver i like adam silver i think he's a good man i think he has good intentions but i do think the league is going to suffer if we keep on continuing with this, the player empowerment as it is, as it stands today. And maybe yeah. I'm wrong. I'm not a player. I don't know what they have to go through. I know they had to play through the bubble and that, and they were forced to do a lot of things. And there is hard things that come, but you're getting paid millions and millions of dollars right. to sit on a bench, to sit at home for a season because you don't like what's going on. That's right. a problem. And the fans will feel that. And the fans are going to start checking out. And I think we're going to see that, right? Well, you just said to you just said yourself, H, the fans. What was the All Star Game in 1984? The All Star Weekend. What was it implemented for? It was for the fans. It was the experience. Come out to All Star Weekend. You get the you get to get close to the players. You get to get as a fan. You get to experience what All Star Weekend is about. Then they started adding things to it, like the three point contest, like the dunk contest. I'm thinking to myself, how awesome would it have been when I was growing up? One, to go to All-Star Weekend when I was a kid. I was able to go later on. But when I was a kid, to go to All-Star Weekend. Two, to have the skills competition and to see Isaiah, Stockton, Kevin Johnson, Mark Price, Gary Payton, to see them in the skills competition. What they would have actually done to compete in the skills competition. How awesome would that have been? These guys, they cared about this stuff. Why? because their reputation was their game and the fan experience was and the fan experience was what gave them the energy to keep doing what they were doing the idea that you know how do we change this well what 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 did it stand on originally it stood on the fans this is who this was about the all-star weekend all-star weekend was implemented for the fans we want to give this experience to you guys to make you closer to the game, one to boost revenue, two, I mean, I'm sorry, one to boost viewership, which would boost revenue. And we were doing that. All Star Weekend in 88, as big a deal as it was in Chicago. All Star Weekend in, in 89, or I'm sorry, in 93 in Salt Lake City. So now the, the All Star game is in Salt Lake City twice. Nobody cares about what's going on in Salt Lake City, but they got the NBA All Star game in now. So I think that we've we've already been down this block of what has been. You guys care about the all-star game as fans. Make it a keep it a fan experience. Give them what they want. Stop taking the power out of the fans' hands. Give them what they want. And and if I, let me just piggyback that and say two things. One, get the damn media vote out of it. Yes. Get the media vote out of it. The yes. media already. The media already, and salute to all the media that have a vote. And we've talked to a couple of those guys and girls who have votes. You have enough. 
you get to pick who's the all the defensive player of the year, who's on the all defensive team, who's all all NBA team, uh, the rookie of the year, who goes into the Hall of Fame. Like you literally have control over players and their pay because if they're all NBA players, they get a super max bonus, right? Like they, so you already have enough. You already have enough. Leave the all stars to the fans, and by that I mean. If you want to have players vote and some or the coaches pick the reserves, whatever, fine. Yeah. Let them pick the reserve. Right. Let the starting five for the East and West be fan only again. That that's one. Two, we don't have the technology. We don't have the technology to let fans vote for the dunk off. We don't. I believe we all have one of these in our hands that can connect to an app, and in that app, it can say, "Hey." Oh. Um, you mean like on the spot, like what you can do with on like TV shows and stuff? Yeah, like on the spot. And stuff. Boom. The That's fans a good idea. Jalen Brown's dunk, Matt McClunk, Mac McClunk's dunk, whatever that was his name is. Boom, boom, boom. The fans voted this. You want to have professionals there too? You want to have, you know, it's nice to have like Dominique Wilkins, Dr. Yeah. J, whatever, uh, have yeah. votes too. That's cool. But have a vote. The fans voted for blah. Right on the spot. You have the technology to do it. Get them involved. You know, it's those types of things that made the All-Star thing great. But again, it is going to come down to the players. Like, everyone would love to see a one-on-one tournament. Yeah. Everyone would love to see a one-on-one tournament. Never yeah. going to happen because no one wants to say, well, I got, you know, Le- yeah. LeBron, LeBron, I'll use him as the biggest star, right? To this day, people still knock him for never being able to beat uh, Beasley in a one-on-one game. Right? Um, Michael Beasley, I want to say there's too many Beasleys. It's Michael Beasley, I believe. I'm not mistaken, Tone. I'm your favorite player's favorite player. (laughs) (laughs) Right? But if they could, uh, if they could just, if they, I think, I think they did one in the 70s. I think players, if they took that seriously, heck, I'd put some money on the line for that one because, you know, give the fans what they want to see. Give the fans what they want to see because that's what they'd want to see. And I think you keep them involved. Like, you know, if you go to All-Star Weekend, it's very interactive for fans. Like, it's super cool. My son was like, hey, daddy, if we go to the All-Star Weekend and we sit there like courtside, um, you know, I'll be like, I'll, I'll be next to so many more NBA players just in that one night than I would like all the games that we ever go to combined. And I'm like, yeah, he goes, we should do that. I'm like, all right. Um, but you know what I mean? But that's that's why it's so cool, because there's all those things. Just make it make it about the fans. And then. You know, there's this is part of the reason why the 80s was was so good with the All-Stars is the NBA wasn't making money. They needed to do something. They told their players, hey, no one's watching. We like in 1980, we were on the verge of bankruptcy. We're in 84, 85. We're not that far removed from bankruptcy. We need to get fans into right. this so hey we right. need you guys to it was almost commission based yeah, like you we work hard to- you're gonna get more money exactly we I need wonder, you- I, I wonder if that's gonna be the case tone coming back around I, I wonder if that's gonna because i mean i don't i don't think i'm gonna i'm gonna see it again in my lifetime but when you think about viewership being down and with viewership being down tv deals are gonna be less yep. with tv deals being less now I, I don't think the i don't think the nba is gonna go out of business i'm not going that far no no but no, no. There's, there's, there's gonna be, there's gonna come a time where we have to do something to increase, to increase viewership. We gotta get these guys, we gotta get people back interested in what we're doing. But we that's the problem. That. That's right now. The TV deal's about to be renewed. Right. That's 
But did you see what they're doing in that though? TV, TV is dying, right? So we're seeing Warner Brothers, whatever all these companies are now going and doing what we've been doing the last few years here on Players Choice. They're trying to replicate what we're all doing on YouTube and stuff because they're seeing like TV's dying, which is another interesting point. Well, yeah, these these things are gonna all be affected. And I do think some of these major companies right they got um what's his name pat mcafee right they went Mm -hmm. out and they paid him so much money because they knew what he was doing was a good thing and it was gonna bring them yes 100 million dollars well yeah and and that's and that's the thing right is that that's about to get renewed you're they might miss an opportunity and Mm -hmm. i listen i'm all for player empowerment don't get me wrong i've told you a million times i defice when no matter what i say and when you ask me, how, how do you feel about KD going to Golden State or LeBron going to uh, Miami? They're free agents to do whatever the hell they want. Player empowerment. Right. That's awesome. I love what Alan right. is doing and taking you know that control and giving it to the players to control their own destinies. That's awesome. But you can't do it at the expense of the people who pay for your jerseys, for your tickets, to watch you on TV, to download right. you, to watch you on YouTube, whatever. Because right. the second – there's a fine line – the second player empowerment tips so far that you're for, you're saying f the fans right. well then there's nothing left for them because without the fans there is no nba so it's a fine line i get it but i feel like they've tilted it a little too much and they need to bring it back a little bit i just when i when i hear uh, the logic I, of i think and, oh. i'm just i'm just, what i what i mean is when i hear the logic of adding things to the all star weekend like a one v one or a three on three. The minute the, the minute I hit that tone, the first thing I'm thinking is competition, and I'm thinking that there's going to be some sort of deal in the back where I'm going to talk to tone, listen tone. You score the first bucket, then I'm going to score the second bucket, and then uh, we, we if, if it gets if it gets to if it gets to four four, then maybe we'll I'll, I'll let you score. Then then we'll go, but we're not going to go. It's, it, it, it'll almost be it won't settle anything. It won't settle you, anything. You think, you think it's gonna be WWE scripted? I 100% believe oh, that it will be. Always excited. Yes, I 100 believe. I 100% believe that it will be that. <laughs> and I also think that one of the main reasons why the All Star Game is what it is is because there is no real disdain for guys. That's why. They, that's why the competitiveness isn't there. Contrary to I popular belief, Tony, you just, Tony, you just brought up 84, 85. Contrary to popular belief, Bird and Magic did not like each other. They developed that respect yeah, later for long, on. For a long time, they did not like yeah, each other. Yeah, so, so, so you guys know, those dudes were not cool like that. It wasn't when you when they saw each other, it was awesome. No, it was later on, late it mid to late 80s, when you get to 87, 88, where now there's a level of respect that they have for each other. But when they were on the floor in the early 80s, Bird couldn't care less about Magic. And Magic felt the same way about him. There's only a few guys that I see in the league today where there's some actual disdain for these guys. When I see Wimby, I see Wimby, and I really feel like he looks at Chet like, why is this guy out here on the floor with me? He Mm. should not be out here on the floor with me. This guy can't do nothing with me. And Chet is looking at him like, you really think you're that much nicer than me? Prove it. Devin Booker and and, and, and Luca. Luca. Well, it it seems like it's a rivalry. Well, if they don't meet enough, and keep that thing going and bring it over into the all-star game. Then it doesn't really- no, they're yeah, I'm pretty sure they're like friends outside of the But guys, you can be it's listen, it's more intense when you don't like each other, right. but you can be friends and still compete. Like Mike and Magic 
were friends, but when they were in just in practice for the for the dream team, they went at each other. Uh, Magic and Isaiah would kiss before every game, but once the whistle blew, they were going at each other, and that's what I mean about about that competitiveness. Like I can shake. Not this is nowhere near the same thing, but I'll give you an example. This weekend, player from from my team last year, my my son's team, um, is on a new team this year, and my team played his new team and my son and him friends forever that's what i say that's what his dad say that's what they say right. they went at it we went into overtime sadly we we lost he right. he hit actually the other kid hit the shot that won the game but right. i mean they were going at it like you saw i don't know if you saw the video where he's slapping uh slapping the kid out oh you don't have instagram but i posted a video where he gets the guy goes to pump fake him um and he grabs it and it's a jump ball we get the ball and he slaps him the reason mm. he slapped that the ball was that guy was was throwing the ball in his face pre, in the previous uh, play. That's not the guy that he's best friends with. But I'm saying right. the two teams went at it hard. We lost right. in overtime in a in a thriller. And you know what? And then afterwards, they high fived each other. They're best buds. Right. The game where they were playing someone else, my son was on the sideline cheering for them to win. So right. you can you can still. And I know these are kids, but my point is that's where it develops. You can go hard at each other on the court. Right. And then still be cool off the court. And I think that's the part that has gotten confused is that people don't understand that we can be friends here, but then we can go at each other like we hate each other on the court. And it's not personal, right? Like well, if you and if you and I ever got on the court 40 years ago, we we could go out to dinner after, but you and I are going to go at it on the court. And that's okay. It doesn't take away from, from either thing. Right. I don't think players today can separate the two, and that I think that's maybe part of the problem. And I also think that in addition to them not being able to separate the two, they can't because of what's at risk. And it's not their game. You just mentioned it, Tone, with your son, him and his man. So now, moving forward with these two kids growing up, what's my reputation going to be with my man? My reputation with him, it's not going to be about the shoes that I wear. It's not going to be about how fly my uniform is. It's going to be my game. So whenever he sees me, he's not going to see me thinking, yo, is he going to have the freshest shoes on? Is he going to have the fly or his haircut? No, he's going to think, yo, I got to bring my game when I see him. My man, he cracks the long ball. He's one of the best long ball shooters. So I better bring that. Or I better bring my game. Otherwise, I'm going to get embarrassed. With that being said, Tone. And let me just quickly say, my son hits a three in the in the, in the following game that weekend, and he's and his friend is sitting there like they they watch each other's game, right? They killed each other on the court, and then they watch yep. each other's game. My son, um, I, I want to say like uh, crosses over some dude, dribbles to the corner, shoots a three, looks back, goes, "That's for you," and go like, you know what I mean? Like that's, yes. that's what I want to see now. Yes. That's what I want to see now from NBA guys, not from ten year olds. Right. Well, I want to see and- them too. E, 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 and, and and with that, that again, that's his rep. That's gonna be your son's reputation with his man. Yo, I gotta bring my game, and I I'm, I'm in competition with him. The problem that we have with these guys' tone is we got the. I I think the cow came before the milk. I, mean, I think the milk came before the cow. To be quite honest with you, what I mean when I say that is the money mm. came before the other stuff, and when you do that, that other stuff. Is it my rep? That other stuff is now my reputation. My game isn't my reputation. With Jordan, his game was his reputation. With Jabal, with Magic, with Bird, with Kobe Bryant, even though Kobe is wearing Adidas, even though 
Chamberlain is wearing Chuck Taylors. Even though Oscar Robinson is wearing Chuck Taylors, my game is my reputation. So when I step on the floor, it's not about how fresh my uniform is. It's not about my endorsement deal. It's not about how many Twitter followers I have. What it's about, it's about my game. You got skills, I got skills. Let's match them. Well, we're in the all-star break. So I don't want to take this as serious because I don't want to get hurt. Well, if you think you're going to get hurt, you're going to get hurt. You have a 100% chance if you play basketball long enough to get hurt. That's going to happen. That's number one. I think it's a break. If you think it's a break, go on break. Let someone else come in who wants to play. Like when Ant said, it's a break. I believe it was Ant who said it. It was, yeah. If I'm wrong, then don't come. Then don't come. But is that a failure of 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 the commissioner or the players, you know, association to convey, especially to these younger guys, like we're here to do this and this versus be on a break? Like, who are they just not conveyed that? Have we lost that um, since LeBron was in the dunk contest? Like, wh- I, I don't know what's okay, happened. First of all, no, it isn't a break. Let's be clear about this right now. A break. When you talk about a break, when I was in college, spring break. We didn't have school. There was <laughs> nothing going on. That's a break. Yeah, but we worked yes, a lot we, harder than that week. Yes, we did. Yes, yes, we did. <laughs> but you are still working. When the, when you get to the All-Star game, you are not on break. You're working. You are getting paid still. It's not like you're there just to be there. No, you're still getting paid while you're there. I think that a lot of these guys, because they are as sensitive as they are, not only sensitive as they are, I think that as afraid as they are, they don't want to get their they don't want to get their feathers ruffled. I'm down to ruffle feathers, and I'll th- I and I think you scared to go up against SGA in the All Star game because I think you scared he'll bust your ass. That's what I think. Mm-hmm. I think that you scared. He, I think you scared he'll bust your ass, and now you got to explain yourself. That's why you. That's why you're downplaying this as a break because I never. I I I told him if I'm not mistaken, since 1980 we've had five overtime games. In the all-star game five of them we've had 11 one possession games in the all-star game sure these games get out of control and some of them they become blowouts and sure. guys aren't trying as hard however i haven't seen up into up, up into the previous i don't know four years five years i haven't seen games at the, at the nba all-star game i haven't seen him this non-competitive in my lifetime i have no. not seen them this non-competitive and it's not fun. I I watched in the middle of the I watched to the middle of the first quarter, and I was out. I was watching the James Brown documentary. I couldn't. Do yeah. It. So let let me let me let me answer your question though, Haley. It it's the yeah. commissioner's fault. It's the players' association's fault. It's the players' fault. And to a certain extent, it's our fault as fans, because if the commissioner put some pressure on, if the players' association told them the importance of it, if if the players took it seriously enough every time, oh, I can we make them compete though? Can we make them compete? Can we do that? If you expressed how serious it was, right, right, from all levels, from commissioner to players association, and then the players took it seriously, and the fans said, yo, we're boycotting the All-Star game next year. We're, we're not going because this year sucked. We're not we're not going to watch the game. We're not coming. And they walked into an empty stadium. It'll never happen. But if they walked into an empty stadium. Yeah. Yeah, that's one way to do it. Eyes, but that's the problem is is the, the, the reality is it won't happen because if the – 30,000 that were at that game said, we're not going. There would be another 30,000 running in to get yeah. their tickets and doing it. So right. um, that's yeah. that's the issue is we don't, we as a fan base don't have the 
the organization and and the and the and the uh the discipline to just boycott it the yeah. players don't care enough the players association doesn't tell them it's important and the commissioner doesn't tell them the, the commissioner says don't worry guys do what you want high five i'm your friend and that's where well, we that, are sounds familiar. But, with, with that, but with that being said though h the all-star weekend wasn't that bad i mean three-point no. contest was great Jay, it doesn't feel this is the thing though. I, I hear you. And I, like I said, I want to be positive, but the media takes the clips of the very best, the juicy parts, right? And, and then there's always going to be discussion because people like you and I, we have we work. This is our job. We we will cover it no matter what, no matter how yeah. trash it is, no matter like we want the drama, we'll make drama out of anything, even if nothing really exists, right? right. That's the major problem, I think, is why players are so frustrated or lazy or entitled or whatever we want to call them. I'm sure it's all across the board with these guys, but I think they're like, I think the media is going to drag you no matter what. And I think that's right. daunting. I think that's extreme. No one wants to be dragged. I, I mean, you get used nerves. to it. Sure. Yeah. That. But, yeah, but when that's all, that. you, because nobody's attracted to, uh, you know, the positive stuff, people love the drama. They love the chaos. Right. And I think that sure. social media, as it gets worse and worse, I mean, we're even seeing, a, I don't want to get into it, but the Josh Giddy incident, or right. um, if you, you know, if you get arrested, like then your name, I mean, that's normal, but, with AI and all the fact. technology, like things are getting scary. And so it's I think sad. to eliminate yourself and just not try, not be embarrassed. Like, I think that's where we're, where we're at. And I don't think it's going to. So, so, you know, but okay. By that, by that definition though. Um, okay. So that's why they don't compete in the Ulster game. That's why they don't do the dunk off. Well, they, they, what they all just feel they're, they're all great three point shooters. So they'll do it. Like why? Why isn't it the same for the skills challenge or the or the three point shootout where they still all go and compete? Is right. is the dunk off and the all star game itself just that much more difficult? Like I give. Oh. Let me give your guys some props right now. I give Steph Curry the the utmost respect for what he did this weekend because he is quite literally was in a no win situation. He was right. He yeah. beats yeah. Brina Ionescu and they go well. Yeah. She was shooting for the from the men's three point line. She's in the WNBA. Yeah. Of course, you won. Shrug right. shoulder. If he loses, oh my God, you're the best shooter of all time, and you lost to a right blah blah blah. He to a girl. He, yes, you girl. lost to a girl. Yes, you yeah. did. No win situation, and you know what? He still did it, and he did it because it was good for the fans. Sorry. It was great for the fans. It was yeah. great for the WNBA. I, uh, Sabrina just got. In that one day since the All-Star game, 280,000 additional followers on IG. So it was great for her. Um, right. And I think oh, yeah. it was good for the NBA, too, because that was a I sat there with my son, my wife and my daughter. And the three of us were cheering for Sabrina. And he is a Warriors Steph Curry fan. He was right. cheering for Steph. And we all had a great time watching it. That's what all it was a real competition. It wasn't like anybody faked it. Like they both wanted that all the way and they fought so hard h i was nervous they wanted it nervous he said that that's why i love steph like he's sorry to interrupt you she matched yeah damian lillard's winning 26 points yeah yeah so hats off to her man and she shot from the nba like they added that change last minute she's like 
you know, you're adding more and more. No, she like, said she wanted days. to go. She, she yeah, said, I want to from her. Yeah. yeah, yeah, she wanted to. I'm sure she's practicing the whole time, but they add that detail and then it's like, oh, you know, it gets more interesting. But I, I do right. think you have to give Steph props because, yeah, lose-lose situation, obviously, but at the same time, like, he's very honest. Like, he's he's not the type of guy to be like, oh, I'm too cool for this. No, he's just like, no. yeah, I'm, I'm hella nervous. Like, here we I go. Love, though. I love that too. Yeah. When he said, yeah. I'm nervous. Yes, no. that was fantastic. And, so good. and remember, and remember, Steph was the one who called her out. Like this wasn't something that the yeah, NBA conjured yeah. up. This wasn't 100%. something that record, right? She beat right? his record. Tweeted and, yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. And, and this was Steph who said, "Yo, we got to settle this." So yep. on All Star Weekend, set it up. Sabrina and I are going to get it on. With yeah. that being said, she comes out. I think she cracks nine of her first ten shots. Well, she, made, she, she made that first rack. I was like, uh-oh, he's in trouble. Yeah, I know. He cracked nine up tone. I'm sitting there watching this going, yo, this chick is serious. You better oh, get yeah. it together, brother. She's so I, I, I guarantee you there's a bunch of guys who kept shitting on, pardon my language, on the WNBA. And, oh, they can't do this. They can't do that. Who are now like, oh, maybe they can shoot a little bit. Yes. Like, maybe they can. Oh, if their best, if their best went toe to toe with our best, yes. and was right yeah. in it. And let's yes. be honest, she smoked Cat because Cat couldn't make a three without stepping on the line. So, um, so she smoked him. Right. Yeah, maybe yeah, they can. Yeah. I one hundred percent believe it legitimized her. That's number Yo, one. Yeah. Number two, I think it enhanced the WNBA game because now I just proved. I could crack it with the best of them. Mm -hmm. You put me out there with the best of them. You see what I could do. That was not a fluke. I set the record when we were in the WNBA All-Star game. And now I come out here against the best to ever do it. And you see what I did with him. Had him sweating. So and they're not, let's keep in mind, they're not in season. So she's not like in rhythm. She right. hasn't been playing. Well, maybe she's probably been playing, but you know, right, she's right, not right, playing right. games. I would love to see. I would love to see. Steph the, the WNBA one. No, um, no, no. I would love to see the, the three-point shootout be co-ed. Yeah, we actually had oh, that conversation, forward. Tone. We yeah. did. We, we, we did. We, we actually had that conversation. But Look, we can't do the dunk off co-ed, so let's do the three-point shootout. Probably I, the skills. I, 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 the I skills don't know. We do the skills challenge. Now, the skills challenge, what I'd like to do is I'd like to do away with, with the teams. And the reason why I like to do away with the teams because I feel like it's more competitive. When it's a one, yeah, when it's a one-on-one -on -one thing, I... I that's what drew me to it when I first started watching it, watching Russ and, and Chris Paul and Damian Lillard and Darren Williams in the, in, the, in the skills competition. I think that these younger guys coming up, if we continue, if, if we individualized it like that, in that particular sense, because I saw it last year, Tony, these dudes, like Giannis and his brothers is in it. Like, what, 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 what are we doing yeah, with these two dudes? I'm watching Jordan. I'm watching yeah, Jordan Clark. I'm watching Jordan Clarkson in it last year. He couldn't, he couldn't yeah, care he less about it. Yeah, he didn't want to be in it. That's why I'm thinking I don't want to ruin what the skills competition is, right? I don't want to yeah. ruin what the skills competition is because this looks like something that could be a really big-time event. I enjoy the skills competition. The three-point competition has now become something that I'm really getting more and more into. I've already been into it anyway, but now I'm getting even more into it because what I saw with Sabrina, what I saw with Sabrina and Nesco, yeah, it's becoming more and more interesting. And now you got other WNBA. Coming to the dark side. All we do is shoot, baby. You got, you got more. I'm sure you're going to have more. WNBA long ball shooters that we're going to add to the and we're going to add to the long ball contest. So I think it's great for viewership. I think it's great for their league. I thought the All Star Weekend. I didn't think it sucked. I just thought the All Star Game was whack. That's all. No, but yeah. we had, we had, let's be clear. We admit that the skills challenge wasn't good because of the teams. It could have been better. We yeah. admit that 
dunk the dunk contest was garbage and we admit that the all-star game was trash so let's be honest so the only good thing was the three-point shootout half of the skills challenge and the and the steph versus sabrina so overall that's to learn from that then um nba learn from that and replicate oh. where you can but the thing is yeah. it's attitude what was the difference between those two's the two of their attitude versus right. the attitude of the majority of the players in the all-star game there was right. it's so so it's polar opposite so you have to pick the right people i think pick the people that right. actually care i i want i do want to add one more thing um to this and it's not it's not breaking news but move it earlier move it earlier like, not just move I, it not, oh my like, god totally dunk off being at like i don't know what the hell it was like 10 o'clock or whatever the hell time it was like my son yeah. had to go to bed and it's like hold on the whole point of the all-star th- weekend again is for the what kids, the kids? <laughs> yeah. and, and like none of them can watch it so i get it it sucks if you're starting an event at two in the afternoon but it's the weekend right it's right. the long it was the long weekend yeah it was a lot because yes, it's, right. it's family day for us here in canada on monday so it was a holiday uh, so it's a long weekend. So like, make it fan friendly, make it kid friendly. Because don't worry about me or him or even you. We're yeah. fans. We're not going anywhere. Right. But it's the it's the ones younger, right? That that you need to get hooked on it. And if they can't stay up and get excited about it, then you're then you're baseball. Then you're baseball, where it's a bunch of ninety five year olds sitting in the stands, and you're wondering why no one's watching the game. Well, yeah, because you alienated all the. 10 year olds 80 years ago so like you gotta you gotta you gotta pay attention to that too the all-star game was supposed to be at eight o'clock it didn't start to almost nine o'clock i'm good yeah the whole start on time. yeah start the yeah. one time i agree with jj right no that's not true i agree with jj quite a bit actually um yeah jj was right though start on time come on man yeah come on this ain't a madonna concert where you can show up an hour and a half late and people just still just no. getting there anyways i won't be there uh Mello williams why did the judges try to rob Mac McClung in the dunk contest? Did they try to rob him? Yes, they did because he's not in the NBA. That's why they want an NBA player to win it. Yeah, they, so they we got a, so we got a back to back G League winning the dunk contest. Yeah, yeah, and they tried. The to, they, did try to rob him. they did try to rob him. Tone. So now, how many guys have won the dunk contest back to back? Jordan won it in eighty seven, eighty eight. Uh, Nate Robinson. Uh, Nate Robinson won it three times actually. Yeah. In the world. Now, now Matt McClung. I think Jason um, Richardson won it in back to back. Yeah, Jason Richardson. Yeah, when he was with Golden State, I want to say right. He, yeah. I think he won it back to back. I think he um, won it back to back. It's it's a short list. It's so do we list. have to now? Do we have to now start talking about Mac McClung with these dudes? Greatest dunker of all time. He's I'm in just the saying. So do we have to now start talking about this dude as? Which I also saw him in the Rising Stars Challenge game. Yo, he can play. How come he ain't in the league? Like he's not just a sideshow. He, he can, can he can play. play. He can play at at the Rising Stars slash G League level, but as a, as uh, what's your boy there in Portland who I told you was gonna be a flop? Scooty. Um, yeah, Scooty, uh, Skeeter, Skeeter, like Skeeter's finding out. It's one thing to play in the G League, baby. It's a huge step to play in the NBA. It's yeah. not like it's not G. Just because it goes G League NBA, people think that it's G League NBA. It's not. It's G League oh, NBA. Notice right. you can't see my other hand. Yeah, it's a big step. It's a big, big step. And I would say, like, European leagues are actually in, in the middle. On top the of Euro League, league is the second best league yeah. in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, it is. Hmm. Um, okay, $10 super chat from Daniel Smith. Yeah, the only way 
Thank you, Daniel. The only way to get the players to play hard will be for them to play something bigger than for something bigger than themselves, play for an amount of money going towards a cause for people with disabilities. The thing is, that's let's be real. I love that idea. It's not going to matter. No, it's but not no, going to matter. Didn't they do that when they were yeah. picking teams Charities. and they said, okay, this first quarter goes to this charity, the second quarter goes yes, to that charity. Already. Unless it benefits them, they're, they don't. I don't think it works. And it's the Very attitude. It's, it's it's just, yeah. I love the idea, but... Um, right. A few years ago, it was the Me Too movement. Right now, we're in the Me era. The Me era. We sure are. Winter, did y'all see what Gil said? That Chuck is mad that Katie joining work and him joining the Rockets and Suns didn't come after Chuck called Katie a follows. Followers, thoughts on this. Wait, so can Gil, we read it again in English? So Gil said that Chuck is mad about Katie joining... The Warriors, that's what he was trying to say. Okay, Warriors, Warriors and him joining the Rockets in Suns right. didn't after Chuck called Katie a follower. Thoughts on this? Okay, so first and foremost, let's start the conversation, Gil, with why he <laughs> left Philadelphia. See, Gil is... I have a difficult time talking about guys like this, Tone, because they'll say stuff for clickbait. They'll yes. say stuff uh, just yes. to, so it sounds good. Well, and they won't well, put extra... Mr., if I may, Mr. Agent Zero Knowledge... Actually, is brilliant because he says he says he talks out of both sides. He talks out of both sides. He'll literally say A, and then say B, and and whoever sees it first will click on that. Like he'll say Jordan's the goat. Jordan sucked, and everyone's like, oh, they go crazy depending on which one they saw. Dude, you dummy! He said both things to pander to both audiences. You knuckleheads. Yeah. So go ahead. So let's start the conversation with the fact that Charles was in. Philadelphia for eight years. He wasn't in Philadelphia for a year or two years. He was in Philadelphia for eight years. And in the eight years that he was there, he had Doc on the other side of who Doc was. He had Moses on the other side of who Moses was. Andrew Tony tore up his Achilles. So now they're starting to build that unit around Charles. In the process of them building that unit around Charles, he's got guys on the crew that he's trying to win with against the Boston Celtics, against the Detroit Pistons, against the Jordan Bulls. He's got guys like Johnny Dawkins, Hersey Hawkins, Mike Jaminski. These are the guys that he has. So then we move later on, Tone, to after that run is over, guys like Rick Mahorn, who's a dirty worker. I love Rick Mahorn. I'm a big Rick Mahorn fan. But then we move to later on. The year he got traded from Philadelphia, they were garbage. It wasn't like he left Philly and they were still yeah. in contention. They were trash when he left them. And he was the difference on that Phoenix team when he got traded to Phoenix. And it wasn't like he demanded to go to Phoenix. He got traded. He thought he was going to the Trailblazers. But he ended up ended up in Phoenix, where he became the league MVP. They just no, I, he thought, I believe he thought he was going to the Lakers. There, there was a deal done for him to go to the Lakers. And at the last minute, like, he actually was, he was, he was, he was, he was booking a flight to L.A. Mm, I thought it was. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm pretty it, sure it, it might have been that. It might have been that too. But there, because yeah, that, sure that deal fell, that deal fell through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, pretty sure it was the Trailblazers. But with that being said, right? But with that being said, we can't talk about Charles. We can't talk about Charles Barkley for and leave out the first eight years of his career where he was in Philadelphia and all they cared about was just getting to the playoffs. They they weren't serious about winning. Like they were in Oklahoma City with KD, where they was getting to the NBA Finals and they was getting to the Western Conference Championship. They weren't doing that in Philadelphia. They was getting knocked out in the first round of the playoffs. They were getting to the semifinals. That was as far as they were going. And Charles was taking them there. It wasn't like he was getting, and it wasn't like he jumped off that crew and jumped on a crew 
demanded to go play with the Phoenix Suns that knocked them out of the playoffs. That does not happen. That Phoenix team was a good team. I think they won the Western Conference Championship two years before that. But they did not Philadelphia out. Philly was at the bottom of the Eastern Conference. They were a bad team. So if you're going to talk about it, talk about it in totality, sir. And I, I understand. I've seen guys at the end of their careers when they get old, when they get older. All right, I understand that guys start ring chasing. Don't, let's not forget, Mitch Richmond was on that 2002 Laker team that won the NBA championship. He was sitting on the bench. Let's make sure we remember that. Let's remember. Let's make sure we remember Gary Payton was on that 2005-2006 Miami Heat team that won the NBA championship. He was sitting on the bench. That's guys the do that. <laughs> guys do that. So let's not make it sound like that Charles was the only one who was doing that later on in his career trying to ring chase because guys do that too. So I, 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 if we're going to talk about it, talk about it in totality. Don't just talk about the stuff that sounds good. Don't do that. No. Those 90s, those 96ers, I want to who was the third, fourth, the third or fourth leading scorer? I want to say it was like Armin Gilliam. Oh, man. That, that's not a team that's going far against Mike oh. and Scotty and right. the bad boy Pistons. They wasn't serious in Philly. No, they weren't. Um, so I kind of want to transition. Now, let me just let me just say him going to Phoenix and having a run, him then joining Olajuwon, right, to try and get that ring. He's he's probably one of the last superstars that should be complaining about KD or LeBron switching teams to go get a ring because he just did it later on, but he did it too. It's not like he didn't. He did like more, I would say more the Rockets. Granted, it was later on in his career, but he did go and say, oh, the Rockets won back to back. Let me go join them. Right. And it was him, Olajuwon and Pippen. Now, granted, they were mid thirties, which back then was like ancient. Drexler too. Drexler too. Um, but I mean, he still did it. He still was like, oh, let me get mine. Right. Carl Malone did go um, with Gary Payton and join Kobe and, and Shaq in L.A. to try and win rings like those yeah, guys. Be- record tone. If Malone doesn't get hurt, the Lakers if, if Malone doesn't get hurt, they win. I agree with you 100 percent. That, but my point is, those guys still did it. So they're the last people that should be. And you can you have your opinion, whatever. But those are the you can't say, oh, I did it, but you can't do it. Oh, why not? I get with that. Um, speaking of uh, people ring chasing or not ring chasing, um, <laughs> you guys probably saw the title. Um, someone is lying, and now we had some. We've had a progression of headlines coming out about LeBron to the Golden State Warriors. Obviously, uh, that didn't happen over the trade deadline. Uh, but you know, it's interesting to see. Uh, some of the stuff LeBron said over the all-star weekend saying, well, I, I, I wasn't really aware of any of this stuff going on. Um, we are going to have somebody who is familiar with uh, the Lakers come up here soon. So um, it'll be fun to get his insight, but yeah. Early thoughts, Jay, about this. Hey, whole... can, we, can, we play, can we play the clip first? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. Okay. Tension last week between the uh, Lakers and the golden state warriors, golden state trying to acquire LeBron James. And how far did this go? And how and how much did you entertain that thought? Um, it didn't go far at all. You know, I, I actually heard about it when everybody else heard about it. You know, obviously, you know, Charles been in the league, Kenny been in the league, Shaq been in the league, and this, sometimes there's conversations happen behind closed doors that you don't even know about. And until I guess if it's real or not, then they'll bring it to you. But it, it never even got to me. So, you know, I heard it when the reports dropped as well. Is that ridiculous, Tone, to think that that was something that was talked about? where maybe Golden State called up the Lakers and was like, yo, you saw James dropping the subliminal quotes and all of that stuff, and 
Maybe there's trouble in paradise. Let me pick the telephone up and let me go check the Lakers' temperature on how they feel about James these days and well, well, see how well, they then that's that's why someone must be lying because, what, well, because if if one report says Draymond and Steph reached out to LeBron and they talked about an opportunity to get him to Golden State and if he would be interested and then he says oh I didn't hear about it till just now when the media talked about it right. um well he so didn't that, say just now but yeah when like probably on Twitter when, when, the, media, when, the, when the media when the yeah. so so, so are Steph and Dre lying that they reached out to LeBron to have that conversation, or is LeBron, who's notoriously a liar, or is LeBron lying and saying, "Oh, I didn't know anything until it came out in the media"? And let's be honest: when you have more money than the owner of your damn team, when you've got the GM on speed dial, and there's an opportunity or whatever that conversation is, or someone's taking the temperature, if Golden State calls Rob Palinka, who's the first call he makes? He talk to James about it, sure. He's talking to James before he calls Jeannie Bus. So right. for him to say he didn't hear about it till it came out on the media, I I call, I call BS. You shouldn't have been talking shit. But hey, that's just me. Yeah, mm. I think an important uh, point to make, and Duke said it in the chat. But yes, when they reached out, obviously Draymond connected with Rich Paul. So that's right. that's the link where I think there's no way and they and this wasn't just something like, "Oh, let's have a conversation." No, they had a deal. They had a package on the table ready ready to present to the Lakers front office. It was all ready to go. Obviously, it was a long shot. I don't think they were, you know, I don't think they thought they had a high chance of it happening, but they had something prepared that I think would have been a, a decent Who offer. Did? Who did? Golden State to LA, it's confirmed that there was a package that they confirmed? had put together. Yeah, it's confirmed. Even Stephen A talked about on ESPN. It's it was a well, confirmed Steve package. A, I'm not taking Stephen A as confirmed, but I mean, I, are we going to take any of this? Oh, is it is it ridiculous to think yeah, that there was it, something like that going on though? Like where yo, we got not, I, we got I got Draymond and um, I don't know Looney for James and oh, no no the the point the point would be to have LeBron and and Draymond play together. Right. So, so I don't we think don't know what the package was. Yeah, we don't know what the package conversation. I'm just saying, I'm just what I'm saying is it's all it's all suspect in the sense mm -hmm. that James knew what was going on. That's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm looking I'm, 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 I'm looking at it from both sides. Draymond admitted, admitted that he called Rich Paul. Rich Paul is 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 gonna have that conversation. That's what I'm he's saying. That's what's that strange to me. Right. That link. Yeah. yeah. He's right. gonna have that conversation with LeBron, right? Because he talked to Rich Paul. But I'm what I'm saying is I don't even know if if it was Golden State that initiated and not LeBron saying, "Hey, this Lakers situation isn't working. You would you guys be interested in me coming over there?" Mm. It's just as likely. Why? Go ahead. That's I don't know. I don't know if I'm gonna go that far, but I do agree that I could I I could entertain a conversation with Rich Paul going, "Hey, listen." Golden State called me up and they was they they was checking the Lakers temperature to find out if they was interested if if they if they're interested in them moving you to Golden State and I shut that down immediately. I could see a conversation like that going on. I could absolutely see a conversation where he told him, "Yo, they called me up. They wanted to know cuz I don't think they kept I don't think he would keep something like that from James." No, I of don't. course absolutely. I don't, I don't I don't think that that's no. I don't think that's something that he would keep from him because again, if that's something that he would keep from them, if they ended up with a deal and the deal gets done, he gets blindsided by finding out in the media, yo, you've been traded to Golden State. Yeah, no, no, that's, and, that's not and, gonna so happen. So why lie about it then? There was a lot of rumors. There was a lot of rumors about, you know, could the Lakers look to move 
could they look to move LeBron? So I'm listen. I'm not saying the other part that he reached out first is. I'm not. I'm I'm agreeing that I think it was Golden State that initiated it. Right. My point is, we don't know. That's what it's just. We it could go either way. But if you hear LeBron James is on the market, or even one percent, or zero 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 point, sorry, point zero 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 one percent. You, you pick up the phone. You pick up the phone. They might shut it down that quick. But yeah, I, I don't. But I again, I don't believe he knew nothing about it. That's the part yeah. that I'm just like, nah, nah. Yeah. Why would and you know what? I don't know why. Well, why does he only well, read the first page of every book? I don't know. <laughs> well, let me tell you guys, we do have someone here very special that could maybe give us some insight. So I'm going to go Please. ahead and bring him up. Welcome to the stage, Yovan Buha. How are you? Thanks for joining us. I'm doing well. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, yeah, no problem. No, this is this is awesome. Um, I, I would love if you could obviously share a bit about what you do. Um, you're the Lakers beat writer for The Athletic. But um, yeah, we were just talking about basically the LeBron situation to Golden State. Um, so maybe we can get some insight. I don't know how much you can share about maybe what you've heard. Um, but yeah, we'd love to hear a little bit about what you do in L.A. and and how that's been going. Yeah, so I am the Lakers beat writer for The Athletic. This is my fourth season uh, covering the Lakers, sixth season at The Athletic. My first two years, I covered the Clippers, uh, so switched over right after the 2020 championship season. Uh, so it's it's been uh, four crazy years, we the, the Russ trade and uh, mm-hmm. the conference finals run last year and, and just all the stuff in between. Uh, but it, it's been really fun. I, I'm an L.A. kid. I, I grew up in L.A., uh, so this is, uh, you know, this is a dream come true. Uh, it's, it's a dream job for me, uh, and, and I love every moment of it. And uh, just want to give you guys a quick shout out because I've uh, been following you all on TikTok and uh, seeing you guys rise. And uh, this is a cool moment to to be on this, uh-huh. uh, you know, stage with you guys. Yeah. So, um, yeah. But so basically, oh, a beat writer for those. You know us and you call them the Clippers, not the Braves. You should know in this house, we're <laughs> oh, still the Buffalo <laughs> Braves. Right. We'll, we'll call them the Braves, whatever <laughs> you want. It's <laughs> your show. An LA kid, he's a Laker fan. He's a Laker fan. People who grow up in LA aren't Clippers fans. Let's be honest. Since since we're, since we're on the subject, since we're on the subject yeah. of the Lakers, and I'm glad you brought that up because all the media speculation about the Lakers. Now we actually got an inside guy. What's the temperature in Los Angeles with the Lakers these days? Uh, the, the temperature is it's in an interesting spot. I think there's some some optimism right now with the way that they're playing. They're they're they've won eight of their last eleven games, including some big wins. Uh, that big win in Boston without LeBron and AD. That win in New York, uh, and, and to to close the break, uh, you know they, they won a few at home. So mm-hmm. I think things are looking good. That they're looking better. Uh, the, the problem with them has been the consistency, and we've seen it. You know, they, they start the year 14 and nine, they win the in-season tournament, then they lose 10 of their next 13 games. And then mm. they start to kind of play a little bit better, then they go on another skid. And it's just mm. been a, an up and down roller coaster for them really all season. So I think when you look at the makeup of this roster and, and just the fact that they have two top, uh, you know, I'd still put them at least top 15 guys in LeBron and AD. Uh, yeah. They have a shot really in any series, uh, except for maybe Denver, where they just haven't been able to figure out Denver. Denver's beat them seven straight times. Uh, but w- with the exception of Denver, I-, I think you you look at how they match up against Minnesota or Oklahoma City or the Clippers in a potential round one matchup. Mm-hmm. And the Lakers are confident that they could at least 
push that series to six or seven games, if not win it outright, just because of the level that LeBron and AD can get to in a seven game series. So um, I think there was some disappointment with them not making a move at the trade deadline, but uh, they added Spencer Dinwiddie, who's looked pretty good through his first couple games with them. Uh, you know, they haven't had that backup point guard spot with Gabe Vincent out. Uh, he's only played five games this season. So I think Dinwiddie has been a solid addition uh, to get that type of, of, of guy. I think he's one of the better backup guards in the league uh, mm-hmm. for, for basically a vet minimum contract. Like that's a steal for the front office. So wasn't necessarily the position they needed most. I still think they could use a better wing and maybe another backup big. Uh, mm-hmm. But for them to, to add a guy like Spencer Dinwiddie, you know, again, he's fit in well. And they're, they're confident moving forward. It's just got to be for them figuring out, you know, how can we be more consistent? And so far, we've seen it the last 11 games. But coming out of the break, they, they play the Warriors, they play the Clippers, they play the Suns. Like, how do they fare in those matchups? And can they keep this going for really the rest of the season? That's and great news for our right. resident, uh, resident Laker fan over there. That's great news for him. Well, because that, that was going to be my question, right, was about the trade deadline because obviously I'm, I'm with you. I think that they definitely – needed a big and so when they didn't make a move you know a lot of people are saying oh you know they, they failed they missed out you know whatever my thing was they were trying though right so i know you can't speak to specifics but being the beat writer you probably heard a lot of rumblings they were definitely trying correct and if you yeah. could you don't have to share but if you are could you talking specifically with bigs yeah well or... i know wings are bigs yeah but you know what are some of the things that you heard because i know they were trying you know i don't think they were just sitting on their hands saying you know hey we went in and beat uh, who did they beat um, right before right before the trade deadline? They had a win against Boston without AD and LeBron. Then they yeah. go and they beat, beat the Knicks. Uh, and then the they Knicks beat the Knicks. Mm-hmm. And people are like, oh, they're sitting on their hands. They're feeling good, right? I joked about it. But, like, I knew they were trying. Mm-hmm. There, was a lot of, there was probably a lot of activity. Just nothing happened. Yeah. So uh, Rob Palinka told us at, at his press conference at the trade deadline that they had hundreds of trade offers. And, and that just kind of shows you how – uh, you know, it works around the trade deadline. And then that's where I'm sure we'll get into the LeBron stuff, but like that's that stuff pops up where people have conversations about hypothetical trades. And, you know, Daryl Morey is a great example of he'll call anybody and ask about, you know, is this guy uh, available? Even if theoretically from the outside, that's an untouchable player. Uh, he's not yeah. afraid to call and, and ask about those types of, of uh, players. So uh, for, from the Lakers side, as I've reported, um, the closest they got to anything was trading for DeJounte Murray about three weeks before the trade deadline. And mm-hmm. their final offer to Atlanta was D'Angelo Russell, uh, Jalen Huchifino, their the rookie who's the number 17 pick, uh, and a their 2029 first-round draft pick, and then a pick swap. And mm-hmm. they felt that that was a very competitive offer. Uh, if you look at you know sort of what guys were going for in the marketplace, they, they felt like that was a, a fair cost for DeJounte Murray mm-hmm. and Atlanta ultimately insisted on we either want uh, well and D'Angelo Russell um yeah I, I forgot if I'd, I mentioned him or not but um so Atlanta was essentially like uh you know we we want either Austin Reeves in the deal or we want a second first round pick in and, addition to D'Angelo that's Russell great that's crazy uh, y- yes and, and so mm. the, the the Lakers no were looking <laughs> at you know c- could they expand it to and they didn't want to take back D'Lo so, so they were all also working the phones to try and find a third team yeah. uh, where they could send. You know, so one version I had heard was a potential three-team deal with Brooklyn where they'd be sending D'Lo back to Brooklyn. Spencer Dinwiddie would be going to Atlanta and potentially okay. bought out. And then 
um, you know, the, the rest of the deal would, would kind of be the same and, and they'd have to send some assets to, to Brooklyn, maybe a couple second round picks or something. Uh, yeah. But he ultimately fell through because Atlanta wanted either a second first round pick or Austin Reeves and, right. and the Lakers yeah. just, I mean, yeah. they didn't have another second uh, first round pick to trade and yeah. they weren't going to trade Austin Reeves. So that, that's, that's mm-hmm. where that went uh, around the deadline. Like th- they were looking at stuff, but the problem was if you look at the, the guys they were trying to trade, like D'Lo has a player option and there are still a lot of people who are skeptical that this recent stretch he's been on is sustainable yeah. and, and yeah. is going to apply to the playoffs. So D'Lo, despite having a pretty reasonable contract, there wasn't a lot of, uh, you know, there wasn't much of a market for him. Mm-hmm. Then you look at Rui Hachimura. He's another polarizing guy where, where some people feel like he was overpaid this summer. He's making about $17 million a year. So he doesn't really have a lot of value either. And then you had Gabe Vincent, who's missed the whole season, had knee surgery and mm-hmm. is expected back at some point. But he still has two more years. And for a guy coming out, like there's kind of a stigma with Miami Heat role players where leaving the Heat, you see like the Lakers just experienced it twice where Kendrick Nunn, uh, you know, didn't end up playing yeah. uh, that yeah. first season he signed in LA. So I think there's a little, yeah. bit, that little bit of a stigma cool, there. Right. <laughs> so like, they just didn't really have much to trade. They only had one movable pick. Uh, they didn't really have those like young assets that teams covet. So they were trying to make you know deals, but it just, at the end of the day, it was, it was sort of like throwing Austin Reeves or throwing your, your first round pick and the level of guy, that they would need to trade Austin Reeves or that first round pick for was pretty high. And ultimately, if you look at some of the names that that moved, it wasn't the biggest names on the market. Like DeJounte yeah, didn't get quiet. traded. Yeah. Bruce Brown didn't get traded, right? right. So uh you know, Jeremy got Jeremy Grant, Dorian Finney Smith, right. like all of the top guys that had been linked to different teams and, and on the right. trade market ultimately didn't move because this was a weird deadline where it was like the prices were just crazy. Right. It was like Alex Crusoe, two first round picks. Uh, and that might not even be enough, right? Like, right. and and just down the road, it was like, or you know, down the line, it was everyone wanted two first round picks, three first round picks, and right. uh, again, the Lakers only had one to trade, so they, they couldn't do that. Yeah, uh, yeah. So they looked at different things, but it just it, it ultimately didn't happen. Well, when you think about this Lakers team, I mean, this is virtually the same team that was in the Western Conference Championship in terms of a core. So we we get a chance to see what they look like for a whole season. That's first of all. And then number two, if you're going to make a move, more times than not at the trade deadline, it's much to do about nothing. Like a lot of times you'll see blockbuster deals way earlier than them. You won't really see a lot of blockbuster deals on the tra- at, the, at, at the day of the trade deadline. So with that being said, this is probably the team that you're going to see moving forward with the Lakers. I'm not really sure. Do they have a do they have a are they are they able to get in the buy in the buyout market? Well, yeah, that's yeah, how they got Dinwiddie, right? That's yeah. how they got, got Dinwiddie, and then yeah. the roster's full now, so they they right. have to so wait someone. So, yeah. so 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 we're good. With, so we're good with what with where we are. And in terms of the future with the Lakers, I mean, where are we going with this team? I mean, what's the what's the ceiling with the, with the Lakers this season in particular? I mean, I, I think this team can make a, another deep playoff run. I, I'd probably put their ceiling similar to last season of West Finals um, again. West yeah. Finals, like. I, I still can't, like until I see them beat Denver and, and figure it out because it, it's the same script every time where they're in a close game with Denver and AD actually talked about this uh, the, the you know the last time they just played uh, on the deadline day where they, they have this this you know these actions that they go to that AD was calling them Peja actions because they used to run them for uh, Peja Stojakovic out in Sacramento with, with him and Vladi Divac and like 
these complicated handoffs and different things. But um, Denver basically doesn't run that for the first 42, 43 minutes of the game. Mm. And they, they kind of run their offense a certain way. Then the final five, six minutes, they start running these actions and they just you know, slice and dice the Lakers where, right. again, if you go back to the conference finals, every game came down to the wire and it was just Denver made big shot after big shot. They got good looks in crunch time and the Lakers just couldn't figure out their offense. So until I see them, and they're going to play them again, I think March 2nd, so it's coming up here in, in, in less than a couple of weeks. Until I see them beat Denver and have a, uh, you know, can figure out how to slow down their offense in crunch time, mm-hmm. I'm going to have to pick Denver uh, against the Lakers head-to-head. So right now, I think their ceiling is probably get on the opposite side of the, the Denver bracket uh, or Denver side of the bracket. And deal with them? maybe get OKC, like kind of similar to last year where, where it broke in their favor in terms of their matchups. Like maybe get OKC in Minnesota. In they're the two, three Lakers are like the six or seven, and I think they could beat both of those teams head to head in a seven game series. Like OKC is a bad matchup, or it's a bad matchup for OKC because AD just puts Chet under the rim. And like, yeah. in, in last I two, told you that tone, he looking at Chet like he a bucket of extra. Yeah, it, it's like yeah. they, they beaten so they they beaten the Thunder uh, the last two times they played, and mm-hmm. it's just been Chet getting dominated by AD yes. and, and like. AD is one of the, I mean, I mean, it's obviously Jokic and Bede, but I would put him right there at number three of like a guy who could manhandle Chet to the point of like, it's really a problem for OKC. So um, I think the Lakers would be confident. Like that might be, if you're looking at the top four, the team they'd want to play most in the first round. Uh, but but then Minnesota has this size advantage against like every team basically, yeah, Minnesota. except the Lakers. And AD is a problem for that. Like Rudy has not been able to figure out AD and then Cat can't guard AD. So, like, mm-hmm. you know, I think Minnesota, like, the size versus size, like, you know, it, it'll be an interesting clash. But, like, Minnesota has a certain advantage over most teams just because they're so big. That mm-hmm. kind of goes out the window when they play the Lakers. So, I think the Lakers, like, if, if they could find a way to, again, get the six or seven seed, it shakes out where it's OKC in Minnesota, I could see them making the conference finals. Mm-hmm. Now, there's also a scenario, right now they're ninth. Like, maybe they get seventh or eighth, and Denver's the first-round matchup. And then all of a sudden you're out in round one. They're so like, out, yeah. To me, to me the, 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 the West is like a giant game of rock, paper, scissors. There is no all really tone. Is. You never know. There is no all no tone. Denver bounces you guys in round one. You don't lose. You get bounced. Hold on, hold on. Or we get lucky. Or we get none of this, Joe. I'm not. Or we get lucky. We catch Denver off guard in the first round, and then it's clear sailing for this for us all the way to the final. Anything is possible. I'm a real, real Laker fan. If you hadn't, yeah, this dude is 100. We have this. We have the Joe. We we go back and forth with this dude all the time, and he there's times where he just can't built for the playoffs. And they are the the Lakers are built for the playoffs, one hundred percent. I do believe that. But then there's instances where some guys are just better. Some matchups are just bad. Joker is a bad matchup for AD. No matter how you how you slice it, he's just a bad matchup for AD. And the way that they run that offense in Denver, it's just not conducive to the way the Lakers have an inconsistent defense. That's just a problem. And there's really nothing that you can do about that. But if you run into the the Clippers, the post that's holding up that tent is the guy who's played 40 games on average the last four years. 
So that's who you that's the who, that's basically who they're depending on with the Clippers. So I don't mind that matchup. I don't all, hate that. All I'm saying is this. All I'm saying is this. I think they took up too much energy. They 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 spent too much energy winning that in-season tournament. I understand why. They told them the importance. LeBron said, "Hey, it's important." So the team made it important. But it did give us a glimpse into when they're focused, when they have that kind of goal in mind, they are a different team. I think the problem is they use so much energy in that in-season tournament that they kind of went, they're kind of going through the motions. We saw it last year with Miami, an eight seed, but you've said a million times that wasn't a real eight seed. You know what I mean? They were an eight seed because they didn't take the regular season as seriously as they should. My only concern is with teams that don't take the regular season as seriously as they should, can they flick that switch? on in the playoffs right can lebron and ad because we've seen both sides of ad if they can flick that switch i'm i'm with you denver's the one we got to see but i think they're in every single every other series against everybody else i think they're in every single one of those for sure that's and that's not Laker fandom i think that's a, a fair assessment of them since we're on that subject joe how serious was since we're on the subject of lebron how serious was this trade with golden state mm. i don't think it was serious I don't think it was serious. Um, I mean, it, it was serious enough to have an owner-to-owner conversation. So I, I guess it, it, it was that serious. But like the Lakers had no interest in trading LeBron, um, and that that was like you know Rob Palinka when asked by by Daryl Morey about uh, you know oh is LeBron available? Are you interested in trading him? He's like, well, give me Joel Embiid, and, and then I'll, I'll consider it. So it was like I think the Lakers had you know, Joel Embiid, <laughs> yeah. That, that would be a fun trade. Um, but, you know, for, for the Lakers, like they if you just look at the legacy and the history of the franchise, like they pride themselves on being that franchise that has had the greatest players of all time. And if you look at like make your top 10 list and you're probably going to have five or six guys who have played for the Lakers at least. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you can make a case it could even be higher depending on you know how you feel about certain guys. So like the, the Lakers pride themselves on that and they want LeBron to retire a Laker. Uh, they don't want to trade him. LeBron doesn't want to be traded. I, I think that's something that he prides himself on is he's never been traded. Like, yes, he basically right. started this player empowerment uh, you know, movement, but it's always been him when he's a free agent. He, he's he's you know, he's honored his contracts. He's served for his teams, and then it's okay. Uh, you know, I'm I'm now I'm gonna go to Miami because I was here for, for seven years and we never won. And then after Miami, it's um, you know I want to come back home and, and bring a title to Cleveland. And then it's I want to go you know uh, sow my roots in LA and and, and kind of build uh, my my life out there. So I think you know he, he's he's always honored his his contracts, and, and that to me is something that he, he prides himself on. So, I mean, I, I now I will say, I, I think the two most interesting things uh, about this are, A, uh, there clearly was, f- from a, a league-wide perspective, the, the response to him tweeting that mm-hmm. hourglass emoji yeah, and, and just sort of his, his clear frustration with the way that the season was going at, at that time, mm-hmm. I mean, people thought he was available, right? Like, you're not calling, I mean, maybe Daryl Morey is the exception, but like, people thought that he was potentially gettable for, for golden state to, to reach out for Philly to reach out. Uh, who knows? Maybe there was other conversations that we'll, we'll just never know about. Uh, right. but, but then B, uh, the fact that Jeannie bus, like while the Lakers were saying, no, we don't want to trade him. She also said like, talk to rich Paul. 
And if they want to be traded and if they're unhappy, like we'll honor that. So they did give him an out. He chose not to take that out. But I I thought that was interesting of like, you know, is the Spurs aren't giving like Victor Wembanyama an out. right? And it's it's two totally different situations. One guy's a rookie. One guy's in year 21. But the fact that they even presented a potential exit plan for him. I find interesting. So I think um, it's like when you got a guy like LeBron, right? If you know, maybe you don't say it publicly, but if he wants out, like that's the only scenario. If he says, "Hey, I've I've done my time here. I brought you guys a a championship. I'm whatever the situation is right now. I think it's time for me to move on." I think they respect him enough to say, "Okay, that's what you want." So the fact that he said, "No, I don't want out," and Rich Paul says, "Hey, we we have no intention of leaving," you know. That's why nothing happened. I do want to just quickly clarify two points because that's what I do. So I apologize. One, he was traded, sign in trade with the Cavaliers in the Heat. So technically, it was a sign in trade. So technically, I know it's a technicality. And two, he actually didn't. He honored his contract in Miami, but he didn't because he signed for six years. But the last two were a player option because the people in the chat are going to kill us if we don't say this. Um, the last well, two were a player fair. option that he opted out of. So, yes. But he never, in- he never, yeah, he never left mid-season or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He never yeah, got, I guess like, like he, he's never, he's never held a team hostage the way, the way that we've seen certain stars hold their team hostage. Of right. Like, he yeah, didn't do a trade, you know, recently, Paul George resign and then right away say trade me to the Clippers. <laughs> yeah, like he, he he's never he's never leveraged his power in that way. Now he has, of course, you know, leveraged his power in free agency. He's held his team's feet yeah. to the fire by signing these like one plus ones, yeah. especially yeah. in Cleveland, where it was like every year you got to keep this roster at a certain level, otherwise I'm leaving. So like he, I'm, I don't want to say he's he's never. I mean, he wields his power as much as anybody in the league, if not. Yeah. The most we've ever seen a player wield their power. But I, I think for him, like the technicality of he's never been, I'm upset, get me out of here, trade me. It's always been, if I can opt out or if I am a free agent, I will leave if I so choose. It's yeah. never been him causing this kind of like, you know, you need to trade me right now. And, and so, but I, I get if, if people want yeah, to push yeah, back I just, on that. I, just, I, I want to make sure that, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, and the thing is, he's not the first. Right, like the last few years in in Chicago, Jordan was signing one year contract, one year contract, one year contract, and saying, "If you keep us together, I resign. If you don't, I retire." And when they yeah. didn't, he did. He retired. So he's not the first to do it. He's not going to be the last to do it. But he, yeah, he, I think yeah. I was just going to ask you. So, you know, you said it, it would. I think if it were up to him, right, he'd want to retire for for LA but my question and we have to talk about it because although it's just rumors at this point or a what if is Bronny like Bronny is in the picture and we don't know you know how that's going to come to fruition I guess but is there any temperature on that situation where would that be the thing if a team you know offers we'll take Bronny um on we'll give him a contract and, and develop him here would that be the thing that causes LeBron to leave the Lakers I think that would be the the lone exception to him potentially leaving. Uh, now that said, uh, we haven't heard how Bronny feels about this situation, and I, I think that's the the missing ingredient with, with yeah. all of this. Because uh, going back to last playoffs, uh, when Bronny committed to USC, uh, LeBron, you know, talked about it at his press conference. It was during the Warriors series, and he. You know, of course, he was congratulating him and talking about how proud he is that he's going to college and, and all this stuff. But then he he had a line that I feel like kind of flew under the radar where um, 
you know, someone had asked about about Bronny and potentially playing with him, and he said, you know, essentially, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but uh, you know, this is my dream to, to play with him, but I don't know if it's his dream, and that was something that I feel like kind of got overlooked. And there's been this narrative that like LeBron's going wherever Bronny's going, and if he gets drafted by Orlando, if he gets drafted by Detroit, if he get like wherever it is, you know, that LeBron's going there, and I don't think that's necessarily true. Uh, especially because again, we, we haven't heard it from Bronny of like, you know, do you want to play with your dad? Like I, I could see right. the argument in either direction, but I think Austin Rivers has talked about it a lot of it's different, you know, coach, yeah. uh, yeah, being yeah. coached by your but, dad, but no, like th- there's a certain level of like an expectation, right? Like 100%. no offense to Doc Rivers. He's not LeBron James. Yeah. And, 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 but just like, like Austin talked about how hard it was to be coached by your dad. And it's basically oh, yeah. like if Austin Rivers is closing a game, now all of a sudden it's not oh Austin had a good game he deserved to close it's your dad is is you're closing you're in the of your shadow dad. in a way yeah yeah and, and I think LeBron it, and Bronny they had that even with the name right like he said like LeBron yeah. said I regret giving him my name because it sets like this bar for him and so if Bronny yeah. says hey I don't want to play with you because now you want to talk about the comparisons you know you're going to do what's best for your kid right as a dad trust me I know that's what you're going to do so to your point if Bronny says hey dad you know what. I'm cool in Milwaukee or wherever Detroit, wherever he gets drafted. If he get if he gets drafted, um, I'm good. Then that scenario, you know, my dream would have been to play with him too, uh, my kid. But it's not gonna. It might not happen. We'll see. Maybe I could play long enough. Who knows? I think just so that, that's the, that's where that's yeah 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 yeah. And I don't know. Like maybe maybe it's a misconception, but like and obviously we don't know. But the the NBA now is so narrative based, right? Where everything is a narrative, especially when it comes to LeBron. I don't know if I know he probably didn't choose it for choose for it to be that way, but that's just the era we live in with social media and all these things. And so, um, I guess if you had to put a percentage on it, what do you think the percentage of that the likelihood of LeBron and Bronny playing together, what on whatever team that could be. Do you think there's a high likelihood? Is that even talked about, or is that just a distant dream? Uh, it's it's honestly tough to say because he also just hasn't talked about it. In I, I believe that might have been the last time he's talked about specifically playing with Bronny. I, I could yeah. be wrong on that, but to my knowledge, yeah. it, it is. Um, so I, I don't know, maybe 15 20 percent. Uh, I, I put it relatively low. Um, now. I think that so I like that's maybe in a vacuum. I will say that the potential loophole here is something that we reported at the athletic in that the Lakers have interest in potentially drafting or signing Bronny um, in part to appease LeBron and in part just because uh, he is a legitimate NBA prospect. And, um, you know, he was someone who was a first round prospect before he dealt with that heart situation uh, over the summer. So, that I, I think like if you're if you're looking at it that way, um, you know, maybe Bronny goes in the mid to late second round and the Lakers buy a pick and draft him. Um, or maybe he goes undrafted and they sign him similar to what they did with Austin Reeves. So I guess now I'm starting to talk myself into uh maybe like 30, 35%. I don't want to go any higher than that just because it yeah, there's so, so many very like yeah, it's so early. Yeah, and we don't even know if he's coming out. That's the other yeah, thing. Like, yeah, he, could, exactly. he could play another year at USC. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, 100%. Like, so Which I think yeah. he will, by the way, to be honest with it's you. Not, it's not like he needs the money, right? So well, you might as well. You <laughs> think he will. So that's true. The playoffs uh, is the playoffs is starting. I mean, I, I I've always said this, Joe, that we have three sections of the season, and this stretch right here. 28 games 
this is probably the most this is one of the most important stretches of the season where teams are starting to get healthy teams get their groove they get their rotations down of the teams that you've seen in addition to the lakers who do you like and who are you not feeling so this is like just in general yes like league-wide yes um I'm a little concerned with Denver, but I want to give them the benefit of the doubt just mm-hmm. because of, you know, we, we've seen championship teams have that hangover the next season. And until somebody yeah. beats them, I think they deserve a baseline level of respect. I still mm-hmm. think Joker is the best player uh, in the world. Uh, I think he should be the MVP right now with, with the the way the Embiid injury situation has gone. Um, you know, it's, yeah. it's him or Shea. But um, so I, I would say, you know, De- Denver, I'm, I'm a little bit concerned with just the skid that they've been on, but I, I want to give them a healthy level of respect. Beyond yeah. that, I think the team I look at in the West that I- I've continued to hold stock in, I'm not giving it up, is Phoenix. And I, I just think mm. it, like they-, they have to be healthy. And-, and that's a big if at this point with the way that their season has gone. Uh, but they've looked really good when that big three has played together. Uh, you know, the- their net rating at one point, I don't know it right now currently, but at one point it was like plus 16 with those three on the floor together, which is a monster number. That's like, you know, Warriors level KD, Steph numbers. So to me, like, I just think that trio is is so potent offensively. I think sometimes we overthink the the star trio stuff where if you got three guys who can dribble, shoot and pass, like they're going to figure it out. And when we've seen it not work out, it's been because certain guys have been old, or they they have like I look at the Lakers like Russ wasn't a good shooter so ultimately yeah like, he wasn't able to fully complement LeBron and AD in the way that they needed but if you got three guys who could shoot like I, I think you're gonna figure it out so sure. um, I, I like the Royce O'Neal move for them uh, in the East I, I really think Boston is the heavy favorite I, I just don't yeah. see unless Porzingis gets injured uh, or you know I know he's battling injuries but like if he's available I just yeah. don't see Boston losing um, my my I mean I like the the Knicks have looked pretty good. Uh, but I, I just, you know, Cleveland, like, I, I don't know. I, I just don't, I, I think Boston's like far and away best it's team in the Boston East. Boston and it's everybody else. It's Boston and it's everybody else. And I, the West, I, can give uh, I think Phoenix, Phoenix is the one team not in the top four that I think could really push like the Lakers too, but we, we've already talked about them. But like Phoenix to me is like, if they're in the four or five and they beat yeah. OKC or Minnesota or the Clippers in round one, like I would not be surprised. With that being said, really quickly, there's a flip side to that question. Who's on fraud alert? What's the team that everybody's talking about that you wouldn't be surprised that got bounced in round one? Uh, I have I have two two teams on on fraud alert for me. Um, one is Milwaukee, uh, oh. and me, yeah. me, like maybe maybe now yeah, this yeah. is a lukewarm take because they've been struggling, but like there's no, just yeah. something off with that group. Yeah. I, I don't know what it is, and I know now people are trying to put it on Doc. Like it, it was already off before Doc got there. It obviously, hasn't gotten better. The defense has been better. The offense has been worse. But yeah. th- there's just something going on with Milwaukee where um, I, I just don't like the construction of the roster. I don't like the the depth that they have. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I just like that. That was a team that really sold out their identity. And going from Drew Holiday to Dame Lillard on paper yeah. is an upgrade. But you went from being this defensive juggernaut to all of a sudden changing your offense. You're changing your defense. And it just hasn't really worked. So I think Milwaukee's the one team where I'm like, you know, do, do they like do they get matched up with Miami again and they lose in the first round? Or like, you know, do they get smoked in the second round by like a, a New York or a Cleveland? I hate like, that. I, I, I just I feel realistic. like it's super li- I think it's, it's likely realistic. or possible. It's it's, yeah, it's possible. It 
It is. It's absolutely realistic. And then what kind of problems arise from that? And you already, what, you have four coaches on salary? So what is, like, oh, man. Right, they just, no, right now it's three. three. Right now it's three. Like yeah, the next, the, next one, the next one will be four. The Nats, yeah. <laughs> the next, uh, one, the, the next, next one, one will be four because but, when they get bounced out of the first round, Doc's gone, and they're going to have to hire yeah. a new coach. Yep. Okay, and then it's not an extension tone for forty million dollars. They're not firing him. Hold on, listen, listen. Do you understand? Hold on, just be clear. Let's be clear. Do you understand if the if luckily for them it doesn't if the playoffs were to start today, their first round matchup would be Indiana. Yeah, they're not winning more than one game. They're not winning more than one game. Beasley and Dane perimeter defending means no defense against Halliburton and Siakam, and they're done. Out of the fir- they're done out of the first round. Even Doc said, "What are you doing? You shouldn't have fired Griffin when when they interviewed him." Like <laughs> the situation went from bad to worse. It's I'm with them. Yeah. Fra- not they even fraud. They're just frauds. Not even alert. Book it. <laughs> okay. What about my, the my, West? Okay. My my West one is Minnesota. Um, really? And I I could like so mm. I, I don't think it's like that. I mean I get you know Denver. I'm giving them a certain level of respect. Um, yeah. I think the Clippers have been arguably the best team in the league for the past couple of months. They've looked really good. I think they have a unique ability to play a more traditional lineup with Zubats at center or go super small and switchy with Kawhi, PG, uh, and whoever else in that front court. So I'm I'm still buying the Clippers. They got to stay healthy, and that's been their thing for what feels like you know five years now. But if they can, and and so far you know Kawhi's now a little banged up, but like so far they've been relatively healthy. Uh, yep. Then I look at, I mean, it, it's to me, it's OKC or Minnesota. Um, I do, I kind of trust OKC a young. little bit more. Is, is OKC, it OKC? It's, I guess it's, it's like we we typically see that there's like a, a life cycle of, of teams. Like you, you have the the first year uh, where you like lose in round one. Sometimes teams overachieve. Maybe they win a, a series. Then like the next season, maybe they win around. They go a little bit further. And then really it's like year three or four of a group being together. That's when they go like, you know, Denver was kind of similar. Um, you know, they made the playoffs and then they made the conference finals and then they were injured for a couple of years and they came back won the championship, like golden yeah. state, I think their inception, um, you know, they beat, uh, you know, they, they lost to the Spurs in the second round then they lost to the Clippers in the first round. Then the next year they won the title. And it's like, you kind of see these life cycles. So to me, OKC is still in the beginning of this life cycle where, um, I think that I'm like winning around would be a really good season for them. Yeah. Uh, despite like, you know, despite the seeding and or whatever ends up with Minnesota, I guess for, for me, it, it's, it's the offense. Like the, the offense hasn't been great and they've consistently been a, a below average offense. It's been a little better recently. And then there's just something too, like Rudy Gobert's track record in the playoffs. Um, I think it's been a little overblown, but it's still a bit concerning. And then just like him and cat, I just don't fully like cat has also had some playoff stinkers um, and not been not the some, most reliable not, guy. Not, not some, not some. He's gone a lot. <laughs> Mainly. Uh, yeah. um, <laughs> yeah. he's, he's like, he's he'll just get like, you know, four fouls for no yeah. reason. Like, it's just Early so, on. And then he fouls out in like, yeah. the, like the beginning of the fourth or when they need him and they're going into overtime. Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't want to use the S word. Cause that's word is a little yeah. strong, Yeah, but there's a little bit of, an S with that Lack kind strength. of court and um, <laughs> the opposite of strength. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and yeah. the, other, the other thing is with Minnesota, right? If you look, if you look right now, again, just today, the four teams that could be the eighth seed, right, that are in the play in are Dallas, Sacramento, the Lakers, and Golden State. Like, are you? Florida. 
Are you picking all four of them? Yeah, I'm not picking Minnesota against yes, any of them. All four of them. I'm picking Minnesota. So I would say Sacramento might be the one where I call them like Sacramento is like mini frauds to me, where I just think like to me they're losing in round one, whoever they play. Like I, Sacramento, there's just this year has been tough for them. Yeah, yeah, this has been a weird year for them. But I, I want to go a little spicy, so I'll say I guess I'll frame I'll frame it not necessarily as Minnesota is frauds, but I would say the top four seed most likely to lose in round one. I will say is Minnesota. I think it's between Minnesota and OKC. Can you say Minnesota? Can you say I'm picking Minnesota to be fraud so we can clip it because it'd be a better clip? Don't fall. Probably already going to get clipped. Don't fall for it. I know. I know. We we need to let you go. But final question. Well, I guess you kind of said it. But what are your final picks this season? Unbiased. If you have the Lakers, that's okay. Throw them in there. No, no, no. I'm sticking with my with my preseason pick, which was Denver and Boston. Um, okay, yeah. I've waffled. I had Denver in the preseason. I'm le- I'm going to probably stick with Denver. I know it's like it's you know kind of cliche, but I do think just overall, like Denver and Boston have been the two best teams in the league. Uh, yeah. I, I know Denver has slipped up a bit recently, but like I mean, I, I look at that uh, that grudge match that they had a, a few weeks ago, and that was like one of the best games I've seen all season. And I would love to see six or seven games of that. Uh, in June. So um, I know, uh, uh, you know, but, but look, like we, it rarely works out that way other than that stretch where it was like the, the, the Cavs and the Warriors every year in the finals, like there's always some level of an upset. Yeah. Most people did not have Denver going to the finals last year. People certainly didn't have Miami going to the, the, the finals for the most no. part. Um, so like it, it never works out how we expect, but I think on paper, those two teams have just been so far ahead of the pack. I feel like Denver their ability to to just figure out an opponent in a in a playoff series. Uh, again, they're another team that can kind of play big. They can play small. Like, they, I just think that they're so talented that uh, like until someone figures out the Jokic Murray two man game, good luck beating that team in a seven game series. Yeah. What happens in the NBA? And I know you got to go, Joe. What happens in the NBA if Jason Tatum wins the MVP this year? Wins the MVP or Finals MVP? If he wins the league MVP this year. Where is he? What, what, do you, what do you mean by that? He's exactly pushing what I just We're at the end of the regular season and Jason yeah. Tatum wins the league MVP. How are we talking about Jason Tatum? Uh, I think at that point, he's... I mean, you got to start talking about him top... I mean, you could already make the case he's top five, but like, I, I don't have him in my top five. Um, right. But I think he becomes top five, if not top three at that point. Um, but I, I still, I think you have to put, uh, you know, Joker and Embiid above him. I have Joker Embiid, with some of the pl- yeah, I, I, I think, I, I think, I think I Joker's going to win it. Um, I think Shea is, you know, if, if OKC can get the one seed or at least finish, like if OKC is the one seed and Denver is the four seed, I can see people voting for, um, voting for Shea oh. over Joker. Uh, I, I don't know if you guys see the, the ESPN straw poll. I, I'm one of the the 100 voters in that. So I I had Joker one, Shea two uh, in, in that. So we'll see. Like, it's it's been a really weird year with, like, um, like all the top guys. Like, you know, we were just talking about Milwaukee. Uh, like, Dallas. Dallas is on the come up. But Dallas has been, you know, they, they've been very injured. Kyrie's missed a lot of games. Yeah. Uh, so, like, Luka isn't getting the looks that you would expect. Uh, and then you know, and B just got knocked out. So like, it's been an interesting MVP season. 
uh, where, you know, I, I think it might just come down to like best record and Tatum. It's, it just probably hurts him that like that team is so loaded at the top of, of right. and like, you know, you, you could have had multiple all-stars on that team. They, they only had two, but uh, we'll see. I mean, I, I think it, it definitely elevates him and I would like, on paper, he should be a stronger contender than he probably is. I, I don't know what it is where th- there is a little bit of like. It's exactly what you just said. Respect. It's exactly what you just said, Joe. The fact yeah, it's, that he's on a, a, the team that he's on. That's that's why. Yeah. For what you just said. For that reason right there. So. All right. I know we got to go. One word answer. All time. Jordan or LeBron? Oh. <laughs> I'm going LeBron. Uh, no, where can they just... find you at, Joe? Where can they find you? <laughs> where can they find you if they look on that you note um you, you <laughs> find me at yovan buha uh, j-o-v-a-n-b-u-h-a and i just started a youtube channel so check out my youtube uh trying to do some behind the scenes content also doing more analysis on camera uh trying to get like you guys so uh i appreciate you absolutely brother good to have you up here we appreciate you my man uh, no whenever you guys need it. me i'm around Hey, anytime absolutely. you want to talk Lakers, I'm here. Oh, this dude, this, this <laughs> dude over here, absolutely. The, the <laughs> resident Lakers fan. Good to talk to you, though, Joe. Appreciate you, brother. Nice to meet you guys. Have a good night. I like that tone. That's good stuff right there. Um, we don't get a chance to talk to beat writers and get a... You get know, a we need more. We need more Dream because there's so much... When you cover one specific team, yeah. right, You there's so much more mm-hmm. information because you're sitting there at all those press conferences and not all the stuff is mic'd up. And there are times when they say stuff, you hear the rumors, right? And you hear, like a lot of the times, you know, I've, you know, when I said to you certain things about my home team, right? right? It's because I'm sitting in a room or I'm sitting around a bunch of guys and they're having these conversations. You're like, oh, okay. Right. They're having that conversation. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it happens most of the time, like you said, right? A hundred trade offers, not one heard. So 99.9% of the time, it never comes to fruition. But it happens. And um, a lot of times, too, Tony, yeah. and you mentioned it yourself. Just so you guys know, Tone has told me stuff about stuff that's going on in Toronto. I can't divulge. And, and it actually ended up happening. Right. Yeah, you can't. And, and it actually ended up happening. Like, I had to keep my mouth shut about it. I'm like, man, I want to tell somebody about this. This is awesome. Are you kidding yeah, me? Well, that's but the thing. you can't say nothing. When you hear it in confidence, you know, mm-hmm. I can tell you because we have right. that type of thing where i know right. you won't say it but i can't say it here or other places. and that's right. and that's you know and that's even the beat writer i got guarantee you he had heard other stuff i'm sure he has but the One problem is if you say that stuff then you won't hear it again right, right. because for all the woge bombs you know how much stuff he hears or shams oh. you know what you know how much stuff they hear that they don't tell you because right. if they do then they're not going to get that information anymore right it's it's like right. we're telling you these this is what you can say this is what you can't so you got to right. live that thing yes. um i think we lost haley's internet again What's but we have 15 minutes left yeah. and we got to and and you and i have been going back and forth on tiktok so i want to i want to i want to deal with it right now about wilt I noticed I noticed no one said anything about the second piece. So I'm going to start with the second piece. You said the reason when the ball hits the top of the backboard, it's out of bounds is because Wilt could jump up there and grab it. When I corrected you and I said, actually, the top of the backboard isn't out of bounds. No one said anything about that. So did you know that the top of the backboard is not well, out of bounds? Actually, actually the top of that the top of the backboard is out of bounds, depending on which way the ball bounces. So if the ball hits the top of the backboard and goes out of bounds, that's out of bounds. But well, if the ball no. hits the top of the but if the ball hits the top of the backboard, if the ball hits the top of the backboard, 
and comes back on the floor, it's not out of bounds. The, the difference top, is top of the backboard, the top of the backboard, nor the sides or the bottom are out of bounds. The, it's the, out of the bounds is, over the back if it right. hits the scoreboard, whatever. But if it hits the top of the backboard and, and then falls in, that's a basket. Yes, it is. And the reason why going over the backboard wasn't legit, because again, Wilt could touch the top of the backboard. So you Wilt, couldn't you could you could throw the ball to Wilt over the top of the backboard and he could catch it and put it. Nobody else could do that. Except I, I, I don't believe that. And here's why I don't believe that. Here's why I don't believe that. Because they said they said his his vertical leap was 50 inches. Okay. So I did the math. He has a nine foot six standing reach and a 50 inch vertical, which would mean he could jump and his hand would be 13 foot eight, which is eight inches over the backboard. We have never, ever seen him get anywhere near close to being one inch over the backboard. So to believe that all of a sudden this dude could jump eight inches over, because keep in mind, with that reach, with that vertical, with for him to get 13 foot eight, so I believe he could dunk a 12 foot rim, by the way. There's a lot of stuff I, I don't believe. That one, 13 eight, that would mean his head, his head, would be looking down at the rim. Like would be this. looking down at the rim, and there is no evidence, no evidence to prove that his entire head could be over the rim. None, zero, 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 zero. So let's start there. We never got that on camera. Okay. And, and I brought you and I brought you some clips. Okay, I brought you some clips on purpose to show you two two real quick things. Uh, here's the first one. And I'll, I'll explain why I'm showing you both of these in a second. See. Yep, that's 1903. That's over 100 years ago. Uh, that's 1903. Correct, correct, correct. Um, and here's one more because people always say that's football and football was more popular. Okay, right. no problem. Now... That's New York, Madison Square Garden, a city college quintet faces five fast and fancy web feet from the University of Oregon. It's the opening contest of an intersectional doubleheader, and New York draws two points worth of first blood. Yep. So that's that's 1939. So you're telling me they started recording professional sports in 1909 or 1903. Right. 1903 was the first time they caught me on tape. Um, And now one of Wilt's miraculous feats was caught on tape. Now, let me take it a step further. Let me take it a step further. So I've already proved the top of the backboard is not out of bounds. So that was incorrect. You then you and I went back and forth with the broad jump. Okay, that he could stand at the free throw line and jump and dunk it. And I showed a news article that said, no, what he did was take three, he'd go back to the top of the key, take three big steps, and then jump and do it. Okay. So here's why the broad jump, and I believe that is possible, but here's why the broad jump is impossible. What is the distance between the foul line and the rim? 15 feet. 15 feet. What is the world record, world record broad jump? Right. I think it's 12 feet. It is 12 feet. What do the best athletes in all the world in the NFL, what is the world record at the combine for the NFL for the broad jump? I think it's 12 and a half feet. 12, 12, 12, yeah, 12 feet, three quarter inches or whatever it is. It's it's 12 feet. Right. So you're telling me Will Chamberlain could go 15 feet, so yep. break the world record by 25%. Yep. 
and still be high enough, which means yeah. his broad jump would be further than that, and yeah. still be high enough to dunk a basketball. I call let me, BS. Let me make sure that let me make sure I'm understanding your logic correctly. Your logic is based solely on nah uh on math. That's it. No, it's based on no, math. it's no. not. Your logic is based solely on nah uh and here's why. Let's math. make sure that we remember who Wilt Chamberlain is. Wilt Chamberlain, number one, was a world. Not a mythical creature. He was I, I want to make sure that we, I want to make sure we clear on that. Yeah. Number two, we actually do have footage of Wilt Chamberlain, right? So we have footage not of him in that. the NBA. Not number doing three, that. Number three, Wilt Chamberlain was a world class athlete. He didn't win. He, he didn't win the high jump in the Big Eight. Not once. He won it twice. He did amazing. That. So amazing. with that being said, all of the stuff that you just said, having a fifty inch vertical. Okay, so having a 50-inch vertical, that confirms which, which him being true. able to ha, him having a 50-inch vertical. That that confirms him being the high jump champ because he can get off the floor like that. I am more apt to believe Larry Brown or his man Sonny Hill than your than your newspaper article. No, 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 no. Not, not, not only math. that, not only that, there's math. two things. And you can add math all you want. There's two things that can be true. The article that you talked about at Kansas. I absolutely believe that that happened at Kansas. But then we're also talking about the NBA, which no, I also guys, believe that. No, no those I, two guys I, I, are I also believe that this happened in the NBA, too. So Larry Brown and his guy were exaggerating about Kansas. They weren't talking no. about the NBA because you couldn't do that in the NBA by the time he got there because the rule was already in place. No. And the fact that he could do that and right. still only shot 60% in Kansas – is is just shows how bad of a free throw shooter is. But let's go back to the math. So forget about Larry Brown exaggerating. Forget about the newspaper article. Do you want the people to believe that Will Chamberlain could stand at the free throw line and demolish the world record that st stands to this day by twenty five percent and still be high enough to dunk the ball? Well, yes. then, then let me tell you, let me show you some unicorns. The, the, the reason the reason why I believe that is because I the reason why I believe that is because again I'm a conspiracy theorist. But even being a conspiracy theorist, I also believe what I hear from people when it's authentic. So to listen to Otto Schwarzenegger tell me that Will Chamberlain comes into the gym and he gets underneath the bench and he starts throwing up this bench. He's throwing this up on the bench and he asks me, yo, how much is this? And it's 500 pounds. I believe Mr. Olympia. I believe Mr. Olympia I, I, every I day. Because if that's the case, if, if, if that's the case, then we all are. None of us are telling the truth about anything. And if that's the case also, none of us are never telling the truth about anything. And unless it's documented evidence, then nothing ever happened. I'm not buying that. I'm more apt to believe Larry Brown. I would say this. I'm more apt to believe his main man, Sonny Hill, who grew up with him. you believe Who's exaggerating. He lies. I swears to it. That's what best friends do. But let me let me finish. Not like that. Not like that. I would say, I would say, I don't believe the newspaper article. And I don't believe his people, but I do know math. And math tells me two things. There's no way that he beat the world record by 25%. Why, Tone? So, so, here's why it's not impossible. Here's why it's not impossible, Tone. Who set the world record? Let me ask you this question. Who set the world record for 12 and a half feet broad jump? Stunny guy. And, and, and how big were they? Because remember, Wilt is over seven feet tall. Wilt being over seven feet tall and doesn't being mean, a... Yes, longer. it does. It means all of that stuff. 
being a world, yes, being a world-class athlete. One, it's not just because he's seven feet tall. He's also a world-class athlete. Who's taller? Who's taller, Jalen Brown or Matt McClung? But Matt McClung's a better jumper and a, and a better dunker. It does, your, your size doesn't mean everything. But the, the fact is, okay, why doesn't he have the world record? Hold on. If he could jump what would have to be at least 16 to 17 feet. And why wouldn't he be able to do why that? Why doesn't he have the world record? Why doesn't he have the world record? Because nobody measured it. That's why. Because it wasn't that important in a basketball game. Nobody's thinking that. Oh, no, he competed. Why. He, why didn't he do broad jump and get the world record? His because ego he didn't do it. Because he did compete he in the high jump, player. right? No, no, and nobody I'm, would, and, and nobody would, and nobody would think. No, no, that that's a lie, Haley. Because he wasn't just Why a basketball. A, he was a track star because he was a track star, and he was a volleyball player. He did all those other things. So if he could jump four feet longer than the world record, why wouldn't he go do it and just get the record? I don't know about four feet, but it's well, like, that, it would have to be. It would have to be. It would have to be four feet. Even if, even even, uh, even if even if that's true, Tone. Just because you don't believe it didn't happen doesn't mean it didn't yeah. happen. And, and, and we don't and have to what, believe it and either. This is, and this is what you, and this is what you're doing. Tone is Tone is trying to sell me. This is what Tone is trying to sell me. Yeah. Tone is trying to sell me math. Tone. This is what Tone is trying to sell me. He's trying to sell me math. Even though even though Wilt could even though Wilt and, and the stories that I've heard, I don't think they're ridiculous. Wilt could run the hundred yard dash in under ten seconds. He could do that. He he did that because he's seven feet. So there's and not, not one because he's seven feet, seven and, not feet. Just, and, and not just because he's seven feet, because he's a world class athlete. And uh, in addition to all of this being done, I'm more apt to believe Sonny Hill. I'm more apt to believe people and who math? actually work. I'm more, Hill no, math. I'm more I believe math. I think I need to see it like laid out. Like okay, I, I'll, I'll send it to you because there's there's even if, because for him, so Hill, it, it doesn't make a difference with the math. Because for even him, if Tone saw it. He'd be like, wait a minute, that the camera is altered. Wait a no, minute, no, he I couldn't do it. this. I'm not trying to hear that. Listen, listen, I listen. believe he did it. I'm an equal I, opportunist. I I'm an equal opportunist. Michael Jordan, right? Oh, he ran a 4.9. I don't believe it. Michael Jordan had a 40-inch vertical. I don't believe it because for him to have a 48-inch vert, vertical based on him being 6'6", six, six, he would have to be a couple inches over the rim, and he's not. Never seen his head a couple inches over the rim. So I don't believe he had a 40-inch vertical. But this I think you have to also evaluate every single piece of every single game okay. he's ever played to say he's never done that, right? He, we have. Trust me, we have. He hasn't. So my point is, with Will doing all the stuff... But I stuff, don't trust you. I can't just trust you off the... I've like, not, we need proof of every... If you're going to say, like, such a broad statement, then I think we have to evaluate you go, every you single go, game. You can go look. You can go look. There's people who've done it and done the research and can find can't find any evidence of his head being over the rim. Larry Trust Brown, me. you're a liar, Larry Brown. Larry no, Chamberlain no, never did that. Sonny Hill, you're a liar. No, no, no. no I'm, 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 go, I'm going, off, I'm going off what you guys told me, and don't calling me a liar, so you a liar too. That's what the story Hold is. Hold on. You're getting, you you're, getting, you're getting all emotional. You're not letting me finish. I'm not. You called me Larry, a liar, Tone, and Larry, this is who I no. heard it from. So they when lying too. Larry Brown said it, and it was what it was 1992. It was 45 years after the fact. So maybe Will took a couple steps and jumped, and he just exaggerated, misremembered that it was a standing long jump, and didn't realize he took a couple of steps. But math, I'm pretty sure math, Larry Brown knows what a broad jump is. I'm sure no, that maybe he doesn't. I'm math certain. cannot be. Math is indisputable. Math is indisputable. Two plus two is four. And no matter what Bob tells you that it's five, it's not. Two plus two is four. And there's no chance in hell that Will Chamberlain beat the world record by four feet. I believe he did it. 
and and was able to dunk. Well. It's it, it's I just. Think, it's, I don't think it was something that was recorded. Not, I don't think it was something that needed this. to be. And my biggest point is this because we only have okay, thirty seconds left. Yeah, we have some. Yeah, my biggest point is this: Why is it that none of these incredible claims, not one, not one of Wilt's five hundred pound pushes, his fifty inch vertical, his dunking from the, not one has ever been caught on tape. Nothing. Just so you know, the fifty five rebound game isn't caught on tape, Tom. He did that though. That happened. Did he? That, okay, here we're we go. moving on. We're moving on. I don't even know how we got thing. into this in the first place. We've talked about this. So one many thing times. he ever did was caught on tape, and they've been filming games I just showed you since 1903. And not one thing Will did is caught on tape. Not one. None, none of the things that he did, everybody's saying it. He didn't score 100. And he he defied, didn't score the most points in. I don't even care about all that. What you're telling me is he defies logic and he beat a world record by 25 percent and was still high enough to dunk it that's that's like by seeing by, by, see, by seeing him win by seeing him be the high jump champ i believe it that's I not long it. jump though high jump is different than long jump and and you again he did that what the high jump i believe we have that on tape so yes, that's I why believe. Believe. Oh, we, oh, we do. Yeah, yeah we have that. Oh, on tape. I mean, yeah, we have on tape. So I believe he also had that unorthodox style when he went belly over. Most people go back over, but whatever. You, yeah. So, yeah. So I'm okay with that. We have that on tape. My point is, I doubt that any like to say he beat it by 25. percent Let me just put that into perspective it. for you. What What's the world record right now in the hundred meter dash? I think it's nine six nine. Nine six nine. Nine six five. Nine six five. Usain Bolt ran it in nine six nine six five. five. Usain Bolt. So he's taller than Usain Bolt. So if I told you that Wilt ran a seven point two three hundred meter, you would believe it because it's twenty. That's what twenty five percent faster is. Hey, I, it, it wouldn't surprise oh, me. This. It would not surprise <laughs> me. See, wouldn't see. I thought it was so nine five eight. That's not nine six five. I'm sorry, nine five eight. There's like so many things. That so you're basically, that saying, you're basically saying he can run a seven seven second hundred meter dash because he's yeah, such a super yeah. athlete. That's how ridiculous you sound. By we, saying we're gonna that. find the one person that was there. Somebody's got to be alive out there that no, saw it. I'm gonna find exaggerate. people exaggerate and they don't remember. Like there's so many. Like yeah. hold on, I'll give you an example. Let me give you an example. I got to be quiet because my kids are sleeping. I got to be quiet. Real so, quick, real quick. Let's go. Yeah, real quick. Let me give you an example. There, there's a story right that Magic Johnson always tells right where he says, "Oh, in that Olympic." practice michael jordan came this way went up on david robinson hit him in the air stuck his tongue out mm, did a 360 mm, kept going up mm, david robinson came down mm, and he dunked it i've seen the video of that practice that didn't happen he jumped up hit david robinson and then dunked on him there was no 360 but but to to to, to jay well magic was there and he said he hit him did a 360 kept going up and then dunked it there was no 360. We saw the video. So people's perception and what they think happened over time, it changes. That's why there's the whole game, you know, broken telephone. So I true, truly believe that Larry Brown might think that he stood there and jumped from the foul line and just misremember that, no, he took three steps. Like the reporter who was sitting there watching him said he did. Um, like I can tell you, watching the Olympics and watching sports, that there's no way any athlete, I don't care how great they are, is beating a world record by 25% doesn't happen it doesn't happen it never has happened it never will happen will it just, did it, it, it no did it jumped, he jumped from the free throw line without running he did it he could have jumped but he didn't dunk it from there he could have mm -hmm. jumped from there but he didn't dunk 
Wilt did it. So anyway, we, H, need, H, to, we need to hack into the um the what's that the place where all the foot NBA holds its footage under some some some. No, because it was in college. There's no there's no just you know wonderful for for Wilt. Oh, it's it wasn't in it was in college. No, college. So were, were they recording every college game? There you go. There's your out. There's your, there's your, yeah, he, he beat the world record. Yeah, the, it's, you know, it's just coincidence that, you know, the cameras are never on when he break does all these incredible things. I mean, I hear you. I do hear you on that point. That is a bit sus, but little, I mean, little let's just, let's little just arms enjoy the thought that it happened. Let's just, maybe one day we'll know. We, we know that we know that it don't because math. We'll bring on math, Otto the Porter Jr. next and ask him yeah, how his grandfather. Yeah, well, his grandson. Him. Well, he'll yeah. probably lie for his granddad. Yeah, yeah, yeah in fact. Don't math. The math don't math. Um, Okay, this is from Chill. I'm glad you mentioned that, Town Hoops. <laughs> Who are these people? Thank you for the super chat. Uh, take it light or take it. Call your mama, yo. <laughs> call your mother. Please call your mother. Call your mother. Call your mother. Uh, Winter. That's what Gil was saying, Fluent. That's why Gil said Chuck needs to be quiet because he did the same thing or at least tried to. He so doesn't. He doesn't need to be quiet. He doesn't need to be quiet, but he should be. He shouldn't be the first one saying it. He should wait for others. Yeah, so I've kind of seen a lot of once guys retire, we we hear different stories. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, good show overall. We got some got some good insights today about the Lakers. Uh, talked a little bit about. Uh, I wanted to get more into the the Doc Rivers situation, but maybe after we watch a sample of games this week, we'll be able to jump back on that and break that down. Uh, but yeah, we appreciate you guys. If you have uh the ability please like the video comment on the video if you didn't like something or did like something we said um and even share the video if you thought it was good share it with people you know get people connected with pc um and we always have the merch so check that out if you guys want to rep players choice uh but any last don't thoughts worry. yeah don't worry we won't be talking about doc rivers he's a fraud we all know it there's no time <laughs> wasting time there you go we've had, we've had the conversation <laughs> i think we're done with Part that <laughs> Okay, we won't. We won't touch on that. All right, guys. Well, appreciate all of you, and we will see you next Tuesday. Jay? Drink water. Put on a suit. Don't drink and drive. Call your mother, yo. Call your mother. And until then, take it light. Or take it. <laughs>